From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. It is, what, seven minutes past the hour. We thank you for waking up early in the morning. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for selecting WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station, all because of you. Some observations here in hour number one. Kirk Conover coming up at 7. Chuck Malamut, all about your financial matters at 8. Dr. Mark Newkirk for the first half of the 9 o'clock hour. Open forum to close out the program. I begin only because probably nobody else is even going to report this. I haven't, I haven't seen it on any national coverage whatsoever. Uh, I always remember this guy's first name because it's easy. I do name association and his name... And I have to say was in the past tense because he passed away. His name was Harry. So that's not hard for me to remember. I wouldn't have remembered his last name, Whittington, Harry Whittington. But I think when I share, if if I said, put your devices down, who is Harry Whittington? No offense, because you're the 99.9 infinity smartest people that I know. But nobody would remember who this was, and I'll raise my hand first if I got stopped and someone said, hey, who is Harry Whittington? I would say, I have no idea. I I just would never have remembered the name. But you won't forget the story. I know you know. This is one of those, this is, it's not exactly like, you know, like the guy from early edition, and he was in Wolf of Wall Street, and He's in another series now that I I don't watch and I can't remember even what it's called. But I can never remember his name, but I remember his face. I think his last name is Chandler, but I wouldn't even have known that usually. Kyle Chandler, maybe. But there are these people that are very recognizable, but you don't know their names. Now, this guy's not recognizable, not at all. If you showed his picture and said, who is this? No one would know. If you said, who's Harry Whittington? No one would know. If I said, hey, do you remember the guy that former Vice President Dick Cheney accidentally shot while they were hunting quail? Oh, you all remember that. The Democrat media went bananas. Incidentally, by today's standards, they would have been trying to get him criminally charged. You know, you know that I speak the truth on that point. Just to give you, we love to just throw out demarcation lines. Just to give you an idea, that was 17 years ago. He died at age 95 this past Saturday. Just to give you an idea, this really didn't get reported on until Carl Rove mentioned it, who was a a friend of his and his family. That wasn't until yesterday. He died on Saturday. Nobody, well, his family knew. Again, he's not a famous person. He was thrust into the national spotlight after being shot 
you know, he got shot in the face, if I remember correctly. I remember his eye being all black and blue and his face getting hit with the um, the shotgun pellets. And remember how all the media, they were just unmerciful on Cheney. The story goes like this. Whittington and others were hunting with Cheney. They were at the Armstrong Ranch in South Texas. It was February 11th, 2006, when Cheney, while aiming for a bird, struck Whittington, who was 78 years old at the time. Talk about living a a long life. The accident wasn't publicly reported until the next day when the ranch owner called the local newspaper, which you may have heard of, the Corpus Christi Caller Times, and spilled the beans. He ratted. I don't know. Maybe I think it would have just been kept amongst friends. This guy Whittington's just a class act. So, of course, there's always a rat in the woodpile. And he told the newspaper what happened. Whittington, and now I'm familiarizing myself with the actual facts, so I did remember correctly. There's just certain things you remember. I just remember him being seen because Cheney was getting just butchered in the media. And you can imagine the, the comedians. And so this Whittington, I remember him coming out and saying it was an accident and, you know, he doesn't hold Cheney, you know, responsible and you shouldn't either. I mean, he really came out really honorably for Dick Cheney. He got shot in the face, the neck and chest. And by the way, he suffered a minor heart attack due to a pellet near his heart. I mean, this guy, he was lucky. He was in the hospital for about a week after the accident, and he said, quote, accidents do and will happen. Listen to this. He apologized to Cheney, saying he was, quote, deeply sorry for everything Cheney and his family had to deal with after the incident. Now, this guy, I don't even know where to... This guy is like Mount Rushmore. Hey, hey, Mr. Vice President, I apologize for you shooting me in my face and almost killing me and landing a pellet very near my heart that I had a heart attack. Now, obviously, he he recovered because he lived, what, uh, 17 years more after this incident. I forgot the fact that he had a heart attack. I knew he got shot in the face and the neck. I don't remember. I never saw his chest, so I never knew he got shot in the chest or didn't remember that he got shot in the chest. And I don't remember this. Accidents do and will happen. And I apologize to Cheney. And I'm deeply sorry for everything Cheney and his family had to deal with after the incident. Cheney was criticized, you might remember, for breaking a cardinal rule of hunting that someone holding a gun should make sure they know what they are firing at before pulling the trigger. And he was also criticized, and I I would agree, this was bad form, and for not immediately going public with what happened. I think the truth is he never would have gone public. And, of course, countless jokes, 
Jay Leno, then host of The Tonight Show, said Cheney would be capitalizing on the accident for the upcoming Valentine's Day with a new cologne called Duck Billionaire. Bill Gates greeted his audience at a conference by saying, I'm really glad to be here. My other invitation was to go quail hunting with Dick Cheney. <laughs> he called he called he called Cheney's new cologne duck. <laughs> and Gates. Oh God, it's funny. But you know what's interesting about that? That's almost like if Obama shot someone, he would be waiting for you to apologize for him shooting you. That's sick, actually. Cheney uh, did a Fox News interview a few days after the incident. And I don't know if it was a few days. It's referred to as days after the incident. Cheney said it was, quote, one of the worst days of my life at that moment. Cheney said the accident happened after Whittington had stepped out of the hunting party to get a downed bird in deep cover. Cheney said Whittington was dressed properly in orange and the upper part of his body was visible, but that he was standing in a gully with the sun behind him. You can't blame anybody else. I'm the guy who pulled the trigger and shot my friend. See if there's anything more about this. It's interesting. Whittington owned a downtown Austin building where many of the state's GOP power brokers built their empires. Bush used the building for his gubernatorial campaign headquarters, as did former Texas Governor Rick Perry. Uh, Rove also had an office there. Whittington was a longtime player in Texas politics. In 1961, he worked on John Tower's campaign for the U.S. Senate and later helped a young Bush run for Congress, a race he lost. He was also the go-to guy for governors trying to clean up troubled state agencies and spent decades uh, serving on state boards but he apologized for getting shot in the face that um i don't know they don't make them like that anymore i mean today it would be you'd be suing them and writing a book about it and uh, come on you know you know it's true boy i'll tell you you if you're willing to embrace the truth it's very empowering and and i think it i think it's required but you have to admit, things have gone so bad in this country from where we were to where we are now. I'm not even talking about, we'll get into this with Kirk coming up next hour. The economy is terrible. We have an absolute congenital liar for a president. I mean, everything, inflation is high, wages aren't keeping up. I mean, every, every possible thing. Civility is gone. Character, moral character is almost absent. You would, I'm telling you, you would have a rare example of fierce loyalty like that. But you think about that. Could you imagine somebody getting shot in the face and in the neck and having a heart attack by the sitting vice president of the United States and coming out and apologizing to Dick Cheney? For, for Cheney shooting him in the face. It just, I'm telling you, know it. I don't have to tell you, you know it. It wouldn't happen. We'll be right back. Fox News commentary. The numbers are in. A staggering percentage of millennials have mom and dad picking up the tab. I'm Tommy Laren. More next. 
It's Jesse Kelly here. I can't afford to lose 30% of my 401k or IRA again, and I'm assuming you can't either. Call Oxford Gold. Securing your IRA or 401k with real gold and silver is a portfolio protection plan, and Oxford Gold has made it easy as one, two, three. One app, one call, and you pick your precious metals. That's it. You now own precious metals. Call Oxford Gold today to learn more about the one, two, three protection plan. 833-404-GOLD. 833-404-GOLD. Let me preface this by saying I'm a millennial and my parents pay exactly 0% of my bills, but the same cannot be said for 40% of my peers. A recent survey shows two out of five millennials admit their parents pick up one or more of their monthly bills. Housing accounts for the bulk of this assistance with 24% of my fellow millennials getting rent assistance from mom and pop. 17% even have their parents paying the mortgage. Millennials also have their parents covering utilities, groceries, car payments, and even streaming services. I'm not yet a parent, but I'll tell you what, the last thing I'd help my adult kid pay for would be his or her Netflix and chill. I get Biden's economy is rough on young people and all people except for illegal immigrants, but this is too much. The entitlement generations need a wake up call and we need a cultural shift to a new and improved tough love generation. I'm Tommy Laren. Hey Pete, how's business? It's great. Healthy life. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at three. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 90. 95.5. Thank you. Here's something I absolutely love. I hope that you will too. I like Sean Payton. I like him a lot. I think he's a great coach. He's a winner. Sean Payton announced yesterday he will not allow Russell Wilson to have his personal coach at the Denver Broncos facility. Quote, not gonna take place here. I love it. I don't even have to go into the details. I didn't like him when Brady had that personal trainer guy and that that's nothing but problems. You know, the NFL, uh, and I'm not saying every team is exactly the same, but they have a structure and having your own personal dietitian or personal trainer or personal coach. Uh, I would, I would like uh, Sean Payton to carve out an exemption for Harry Hurley life coach so that if, if I were contractually picked up that he would allow me in the facility. I'm barely kidding, but I love this. I love it. Uh, Sean Payton, he can do that. You know, you, you get some new punk coach that nobody knows and you start messing with a star quarterback. Uh, obviously Russell Wilson was pretty terrible this year. Uh, maybe, maybe that speaks to the fact that Pete Carroll is a really great coach and has a great system that Russell Wilson played within because he was terrible, terrible with the Denver Broncos, almost not even starter caliber anymore. And he was, he was outstanding. Super Bowl quarterback. I believe Super Bowl winning quarterback. And then they blew it when he threw that interception uh, or he would have won another one. Or if I'm, if I'm, misplacing that he didn't win one to begin with i leave that possibility open because i don't follow him that closely but i do think seattle did win one and then they blew the one where inexplicably he threw the interception into the end zone into his own i mean uh not his own end zone into the uh what would have been a touchdown uh the opponent's end zone and just no reason for that play they had it they had the game one 
But I love this that Sean Payton is not allowing Russell Wilson's personal coach at Broncos facility. I repeat, quote, not gonna take place. Hey, here's a federal judge that bears watching. See what you think of this one. There's a federal judge that is saying that the federal right to abortion, which the Supreme Court overturned last year, it's been it's been very much lied about. And it probably, sadly, helped the Democrats immensely in the midterm election. That's just just the pandemic. Terrible things, it seems like uh, Democrats benefit from. But this judge, Colleen Collar Cotelli, even her name sucks, hyphenated. Judge Colleen Collar Cotelli. So it's probably one of the um, types of situations where she takes on one name but keeps the other and hyphenates it. I'm not going to get into the um, into that thing. People people have done that. Uh, not my style, but people have done that. But she's bringing up that abortion might be protected by the Thirteenth Amendment. Hey, hey, lady, to quote a very famous American, hey, lady, the Supreme Court is the Supreme Court. That's why they've got the name. It's not the almost final decision. It's not that you as a jackass get to question it. It's settled. It's settled unless a future Supreme Court reverses it. So that's all I have to say about that. ABC News poll, it's the gift that keeps giving. Because remember, an ABC News Washington Post poll is always worse for the Democrats than the poll yields. You you have to trust me on that statement. I stand behind it. I know I speak the truth on it. Get a load of this one. Two years into Trump's presidency, only 13% said they were worse off than they were two years ago. 41% of respondents say now that their financial situation is worse now than when Biden was sworn in to office on January 20th of 2021. And I'll tell you what I want to see done. I want to see you dishonest members of the media that are allowing this blatant, outrageous dishonesty. Joe Biden the other day said what a terrible economy he inherited, hemorrhaging jobs, high inflation. Ladies and gentlemen, I not only report to you, I swear to you under oath, inflation was 1.4% on January 20th of 2021. There is no other truth. For the record, not only is that not high, it's incredibly low. And Joe Biden is a congenital liar. Everything he says is a lie. Every decision he makes is wrong. Name something I know what he's going to do tonight. He's actually, they, they have this outrageous Prime Minister Klain, outgoing Prime Minister strategy. Biden wanted to apologize to the American people for the past two years. 
and how tough it's been and how high inflation is and that wages aren't keeping up and how much people are hurting and take responsibility. See, the old Joe Biden, he was not a good man. He was never a good man. But the old Joe Biden had the ability to at least on occasion tell the truth. He was a plagiarist, a liar, bad guy, a lot of bad things. But this version where everything is opposite, like the Chinese spy satellite, now they're saying that that China spy plane or balloon had potential for explosives on board and that they knew it. How the hell don't you take that thing out of the sky? You wait a week? That's just, it's indefensible. But don't worry, though. They get to say Trump did it three times. No, Trump did it four times. No, no, Trump did it three times. Only every single person, even people that hate Donald Trump, said it never happened. But don't worry. Joe Biden knows that it happened. Nobody else knows it. See, keep in mind, he doesn't know how those documents got in his pants, in his garage, up Hunter's uh, crack pipe, uh, in Delaware properties, in the uh, uh, Biden, whatever it's called, office, library, whatever the thing is called at the University of Pennsylvania. He doesn't know how any of that got there, but he knows that three balloons traveled over America during the Trump presidency. Don't worry. He knows that. He doesn't know what his name is. Or how to put one foot after the other so he shuffles. But he knows that three balloons flew when Trump was president. That's all you need to know. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley at 31 minutes past the hour. Well, a mom has directly spoken up and out to us exclusively about her daughter being attacked at an Atlantic City High School basketball game. Read all about it. Councilman George Tibbet has called for an end to the homeless people living under the boardwalk in Atlantic City. And an Atlantic City firefighter fell through the boardwalk and broke his tibia during last Friday night's fire. It's all on the app. Calm. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Clouds are rolling in this morning, and that will help keep temperatures cooler today compared to yesterday. I'll give you a high of 45 this afternoon. I think we'll stay dry during the day. A few rain showers may come visit tonight. It'll stay mostly cloudy with a low of 38. Back to mild, pleasant weather tomorrow, partly sunny and breezy, dry during the day with a high around 54 degrees. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. On goal. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 37 minutes past the hour, and during the break, uh, I received a very nice communication from the mom who we wrote about uh, very early this morning. I I really want you to take a look at the piece because I I believe that, especially in this day and age, it, it took courage to come out publicly. You see, we're living in very twisted times. I mean, all you have to do, look at the Dredgy Wood situation in Atlantic City. 
The man did nothing wrong. A child who I can't say was working for him, but was volunteering uh, that had been victimized by a relative of the Smalls. This child was there and the Smalls went crazy. They want to victimize the child. Again. So it takes a lot of courage uh, for a parent to come out and tell the truth because we are living in very, very dangerous times. But if you knew, I mean, this person, I'm not sure if she's a civilian or actually serves in the United States Air Force, but there's a military component here, too, which doesn't surprise me uh, because they're just the best of the best. And but I still say it takes courage to come out, especially in this day of retaliation that takes place. It's, It's really unbelievable what these political criminals are getting away with. And how they retaliate against good people. I've been saying for 31 years, you know, because I'm used to people telling me stuff privately, but you can't say my name. You know, thanks for what you do. You know, but I can't come out. You know, I mean, I I can't begin to tell you. I mean, if I wasn't a self-assured kind of person, it would be a very lonely existence. Because so oftentimes, and I don't blame them. I really don't. They're unwilling to come forward unless it's anonymously. And honestly, you can't blame them based on what these scoundrels, you know, are capable of doing. And in fact, what they do. But what a what a high compliment. Um, The mom wrote me. That the article is perfect. Now, I'm telling you, this is a hard hitting, uh, in-depth piece It's tough stuff. You know, it's about a child being attacked. And as usual, the Atlantic City administration doesn't get back to the parent, doesn't do the right thing. And no one's wondering any longer why things are in such bad shape. Under normal circumstances, this would be a child that would be attending Atlantic City High School, but instead is at the Atlantic City Institute of Technology, which incidentally is a great school. Great school. Tremendous culture, excellent superintendent, wonderful staff. And I'm telling you, they're building a winning culture. They're very competitive in a number of different areas, including extra and co-curricular activities. But to receive, you know, I want... I want thousands, and they will, I promise you. I want thousands of people to read this article. And again, I repeat, I know they will because I know I know our reach thanks to you. I see it. Uh, literally, um, I see the numbers every day. So I know. I know what you're doing. And I, I can't thank you enough. But for the one person that I wanted to be happy with our report, it would be the mom who showed the courage uh, to um, to come forward. And see, the way I operate, I, I don't send anything to anyone for approval ahead of time. If you agree to go on the record with me, I write the article and I include what you said to me. Read the piece. It's extensive. And it will it will further solidify, cement 
that this administration in Atlantic City, both the city administration and the school administration, the worst we've ever seen. It, it is always remarkable. Never, ever make the statement, I'm telling you, if there's one thing I've learned doing this for more than three decades, never, ever make the statement, it can't get any worse. Because this just in, my friends, it can and it it, it, it will, it can get worse. Never say it can't get worse. People said when Frank Gilliam was mayor, oh, my God. This is terrible. It can't get any worse. I remember saying, oh, no, no, don't say that. Yes, it can. Oh, it can. And in Atlantic City, you can almost count on it. You know, then every once in a while, you get a ray of hope. You get a Don Guardian uh, for four years. Uh, Excellent, excellent mayor. Streets were clean. Attention to detail. People got back to people. Come on. Anybody out there, raise your hand. If you have any dealing over the last couple of years with this very small mayor, this this goofy, goofy ass administration, this oopy doopy administration. Tell me if you've ever called a routine department or you needed an answer, you know, things that you could get from anywhere. Like if you lived in Ventnor, you could go to City Hall, you could talk to the inspectors, to the to the clerk, to, to this department, to that department. And they would they would answer you on the spot or we'll get right back to you. And they do go try to get an answer on anything. I mean, you got you got dingbats like oopy doopy small uh, Corsi. I mean, you just you can't you can't believe this is like the land of misfit toys. I'm looking for Hermie, who's a good guy, by the way. Who was the other guy? Yukon Cornelius and the rest of them. 44 minutes past the hour. Uh, we have a very action-packed program in store for you today. Kirk Conover at 7. I actually have a list of questions for Kirk Conover. I'm going to drive the bus today. I'll be posing questions to Kirk. Chuck Malamut at 8. Chuck, are you listening? Are you really going to say that this is credible that we created 517,000 jobs in the month of January when all all holiday hiring was over. I mean, 517,000 jobs. This is, I'm telling you, we, we have never seen dishonesty in reporting like we are getting uh, over these past couple of years. I don't believe 517,000 jobs happened in any possible way. No one is going to convince me of that. Oh, yeah, McDonald's and, you know. Did Burger Chef open, reopen? Is that is that part of the 517,000 jobs? Did, did what was that place called? I used to like it. Um, it was a steak place. Was it called Rustler or something like that? Oh, they had a wonderful T-bone. Yum. But I think, yeah, I think Burger Chef reopened and we could probably find a few others that are all coming back. Two Guys is back open. They, they're just right in there with the Atlantic City Police um, areas of responsibility out there on the Black Horse Pike. Two Guys is back. Bradley's is back. J.M. Fields. We'll just keep going. Bamberger's. They're all back. 517,000 jobs. Yeah, right. 
Uh, Dr. Mark Newkirk for the first half of the 9 o'clock hour. And then wide open forum for the second half of the 9 o'clock hour. You'll fill in all the rest. This is... WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Each break. Well, I, I do need to clue you in on this, but I think I do a lot. Each break, I typically find out something I didn't know or somebody reaches out to me with um, value-added content, whatever whatever the case might be. But I... I, I hope I say this enough. People that I talk to on and off air, they thank me for this and, you know, for, for, for saying this and doing this. And really, I thank you because, number one, the reason that we are able to be effective and to do what no one else in this industry, in this marketplace has ever done before is because of you, our valued sources. We break so much news first because... We've developed a reputation as the go-to person that if you want to stay off the record, we will we will verify, but we will keep you off the record. If you're willing to go on the record, we obviously always prefer that. Uh, there's a lot of trust that's required when you report something anonymously. Somebody could just say, well, he's just making that up. You know, he's got anonymous sources that, you know, and that it's just very, very valuable. Uh, to have so many people that trust us and bring us so much information. And I learned another thing during the break, which now it all, all makes sense. I have learned and I have confirmed and I added it at the very bottom of the article. I really do want you to read this article. It's titled, Mom Says, quote, Daughter Attacked at Atlantic City High School Basketball Game. And I'm so honored that she, um, and I name her by name, so I, I might as well say, I'll say her first name over the air, Megan, uh, because Megan gave me permission to use her name. And I never bothered to ask her, what do you do for a living? So a, mu- a mutual friend of ours said that she serves in the United States Air Force. I said, are you 100% sure? Because I want to include that. And the person said they would get back to me. Well, they didn't get back to me. Uh, Megan actually wrote me and said that the article that I wrote is perfect, which means the world to me because we, you know, I've had a nickname, Harry Hundred, for a long time. Chuck, are you listening? Uh, And I like to get it right. And especially when someone goes on the record, uh, I really, really want to get it right. So I asked Megan, are, do you serve in the United States Air Force? I said, I want to add this to the article. So here's what I added. Note, at the very bottom of the article, it makes a lot of sense to me that NACE, and that's Megan's last name, demonstrated the courage to publicly comment about her daughter's, quote, attack. After writing this article, I learned that NACE is active duty, United States Air Force, and works at the 177th, I got to put fighter wing, uh, full-time as a security forces flight chief. So on top of everything else, I have to do a little little edit to this. I'm going to add a couple of words. I want to add fighter wing. Um, it all makes sense now, doesn't it? That type of unparalleled, unique, 
courage that those who serve demonstrate on a daily basis? You think coming out about some goofy, goofy staff member that doesn't get back to you and and all of that um, is I mean, that's probably nothing to someone like this. But let me tell you something as someone that does this for a living, the media, uh, very few people are willing to put their name on anything anymore because we are living in dangerous, twisted, sick times. You don't, you can't even, I'm telling you, you think, you know, you have no idea of the number of times that I see people retaliated against. And I, I just, I just wonder, and I, I, I don't ever encourage anyone, you know, to go further, to do this, to do that, uh, because that's, it's a very individual decision. You have to live with the decision. You have to live with the consequences. I mean, I personally know uh, what it's like because I spoke out. And then one of my daughters, who was a phenomenal cheerleader, uh, they purposely didn't pick her because they can't touch me. So they come after your kids. And this is this is decades ago. These scumbags have always been around. This is not new. It's worse than ever, but it's not new. And that's the way that they operate. Like the, like the Smalls retaliated against Dredgy Wood and a child. And what I hope, I just hope that at some point when elected officials, appointed officials, people that are giving, given a certain level of authority, power, that people are able to come after them, sue them personally. See, Marty Small doesn't care if you sue Atlantic City. John Devlin's going to take a piece out of his ass like you can't believe. It's going to be a huge award, even if it has to go all the way to jury trial, a huge award. But Marty Small doesn't care because he'll pick some special counsel that they get to pay. And it's a whole big circle. You know what? It's terrible. But but when you can say, look, this ass clown stepped outside of any cover that they have. See, I, I have no problem with limited immunity. I think cops should have it. They, they shouldn't be able to abuse someone, like an example that, that recently is on the table. But they should have limited immunity. They have to be able to do their job. They can't be getting sued for doing their job. But you can't have criminal-like people that retaliate and then the taxpayers have to pay for that? That's not right. No way. You have to be able, and I'll tell you what, I forget. Oh, I do know who it was. It was um, it was Willie Glass. Willie Glass personally sued a former chief, and he won. And that person had to pay, not the city. The city paid, too. That was different. But the person had to pay. That's what we need. That's why I believe John Devlin is going to have a basketball court with all painted lines and everything. Three, three second lane, foul stripe. Oh, it's going to be three point, three point shot. It's going to be beautiful, John. You're going to love it. But that's what everybody has to start doing. You have to sue them. You have to sue the entity because the whole point of punitive damages is you get spanked really hard so that you don't do it again. 
But then you have to go after the individual that retaliated. Like that child that's been abused by the small family member and by the smalls, that child's got to be able to recover. And the family. And then then I'm telling you we're going to get somewhere. What's oh my God, you mean I didn't care when you sued the city and I could pick my friends to have, you know, a lot of billable hours to be the attorney and and ha ha ha. We don't care. We're not writing the check. When you can take a piece out of their ass, then then you're talking. That's going to change the game. And it can be done. Willie Glass did it. Other people have done it. You just have to show that somebody was not working. Like Marty Small, when he went after John Devlin, and John Devlin has, he's got it all. There's text messages. There's witnesses. You've got George Tibbet that said that Small lied. This is going to cost the taxpayers so much money. It's unbelievable. But he's got to go after, and he is. You got to go after the individuals. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ HD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Kirk From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Seven minutes past the hour. Let's get right into it because we have a lot of ground to cover. Former New Jersey Assemblyman Kirk Conover is here. And the first item I want to cover is the State of the Union address. I'm not going to be watching, but I will at around 2.30 tomorrow. I'll read the transcript and I'll try. I'll try. It's going to be tough. I'll try to keep notes as to how many lies because you cannot he cannot come out and tell the truth tonight about two years of abject failure and that 70% of Americans believe we're heading in the wrong direction. 65% of Americans don't want him to run. Something like 68% say they will be angry if he runs and wins. I mean, it's, these are Democrat polls, by the way. It, it, is, it is startling. Uh, so this speech will be filled, and you can imagine they've really probably had to, to take a hatchet not not a not a scalpel, but a hatchet to what they had written before, because they were really going to try to pawn off on the American people that as uh, Pothole Pete, or as Laura Ingram calls him, oh gosh, she had such a name for him. Uh, oh, it's almost like a like a Disney character, Pete. I can't remember. I can't remember now, but it was hilarious what she said. Uh, in any event, he said that Biden is a historical, truly historical president and his record of accomplishment. I just wanted a reporter to say, name one thing, and Pothole Pete would have been, (laughs) he would have been stammering like Ralph Cramden. All right, so I have a long list of questions for the former assemblyman who joins us now. The first one is uh, his expectation of the president's State of the Union address tonight. Kirk, good morning. Take it away. Good morning, Harry. Well, what I expect is for him to be trumpeting 
the economy. The Biden economic plan is working, and that is so far from the truth. It is sickening. Um, January 2020, inflation was 1.4%, and now it's 6.5%. Down a little bit from 9% in June of 2022, but still a number that's way off of where we should be. Um, and, you know, we're, we're really not back to the employment level of, uh, you know, January of 2020. Uh, and yet they're saying that the economy's growing, employment's growing. And the, the biggest phony number out there is the January jobs report of 517,000 jobs created. Well, as you know, I don't believe that. Uh, no one will ever be able to convince me that that's true. Where are these jobs? What kind of jobs are they? If they if they were created, I I, I don't say this to be negative. They have to be just terrible jobs. Where, where could we possibly be creating five hundred and seventeen thousand jobs, Kirk? Uh, the economy is not creating five hundred seventeen thousand jobs. Uh, just like you do with polling, I go to the, the deep tabulars, and if you uh, look at the unadjusted number for January, we lost 2.5 million jobs. The seasonal adjustment they applied was 3 million jobs created out of the blue, which gives you a net of plus 517,000. I have never seen a seasonal adjustment that big in my entire career of following economic uh, activity in this country. And, Kirk, this is after the holiday um, hiring is over. I mean, January is never a good month for job creation, ever. Right. Right. And that's what the seasonal adjustment is supposed to do. It's supposed to take into account that uh, there's some temporary hiring for the uh, Christmas retail season. And uh, then in January, those jobs go away. So they're, they've, in the past, made an adjustment. Uh, it's a seasonal adjustment. It happens uh, all the time. They'll make a seasonal adjustment, uh, you know, in February because of weather. You know, you can't, uh, you know, build houses when uh, it's snowing and so forth. So... These seasonal adjustments make some sense uh, when they're done correctly. Now, I went into the website where where these numbers are all, you know, calculated, and when you try to find out uh, how they do it, what goes into a seasonal adjustment, it's like going down the uh, you know a rabbit hole. It, it, you just can't find it. It's some kind of computer program. <clears throat> It's revised uh, every five years, and there's over a thousand factors that go into it. And when you try to find out what those factors are, they just keep saying, well, it's in the computer program, it's a software called this. You just can't find it. And uh, so this is all uh, smoke and mirrors. It's when you see the massive layoffs of these big companies that, that, that roll out like uh, every day, you know. Uh, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Lyft, Twitter, Walmart, McDonald's, FedEx, uh, and then uh, yesterday, Dell. Uh, you know, they're laying off thousands of people. So, 
there's no way there was January job creation. And no, but the, but they a, get they get away with saying it though. It's really it is remarkable. Trump never got a break because you know all the the um, the swamp creatures that that churn this type of you know uh, computation and reporting and all this. Uh, they'll never do Trump a favor. Biden though, the whole swamp loves him. I mean, the fact that Trump is gone is just nirvana to them, and it just seems like at every turn. Every apparatchik, every element of government is in Biden's, Biden's corner, Kirk. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, and they're playing games with the numbers. And like I uh, we pointed out, you know, like a month ago on your, on your program, the, uh, the actual numbers are a lot different than these uh, employment numbers put out by the Bureau of Labor Statistics because the Bureau of Labor Statistics uses a survey. And only like 30% of the businesses ever respond. Uh, so the survey's weak. When you actually look at the state employment numbers, which the Philadelphia Fed did, uh, you know, they were claiming that, you know, the second quarter of last year, there was a million jobs created. That was the BLS. And Philadelphia Fed figured out that it was really only 10,000 actual numbers. So, well, that's not that's not off by much, Kirk. You know, ten thousand here, a million there. It's all kind of the same, right? You know, parts is parts, right? And you know, let's just create three million jobs on paper to to offset the seasonal factors. Because you know, he's going to say tonight about the economy is strong in January. Uh, we created 517,000 jobs. See, I, I, I don't believe in necessarily that everything's a conspiracy, but this this number being reported just in time for the State of the Union address, some astronomical number, which unfortunately, if they knew what they were doing and they really wanted to help improve America, we'll talk about this after the break, Kirk, because we're running right on schedule if we go right now. Uh, it would have been better to not fudge these numbers because this now throws a wrench into the Fed and what they're trying to do. Now, what are they, they now have a dilemma. Oh, my God. We, you know, we, we, we cut it back to 25 basis points increase, which told me they were tapering down to maybe stopping this insanity. But now if the economy is so overheated that we're creating 517,000 jobs, which you and I both know is not true, but it's the it's the official number. The Fed has to react to that. And so make no mistake it. No, make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen. Wall Street didn't like this 517,000 jobs sent Wall Street downward. The, the thing that you hear Chuck talk about a lot, how good news isn't necessarily good news. But I believe this is fake news which makes it even worse because we have the pain of the reality of how bad things are. The rainbow and sunshine, uh, Barney crap, fake numbers. But then that also gums up the works in terms of what's happening in the other areas like the Federal Reserve Board and what they're doing to try to end inflation. This is Joe Biden doing what Barack Obama said. Never underestimate Joe Biden's ability to F things up. Uh, he's wrong about everything. This too. 
Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. When they spotted this balloon above Alaska on January 28th, the balloon traveled over the state, then Canada, then northern Idaho, then it went right over our intercontinental ballistic missile sites in Montana before drifting eastward to the southeast coast. And the administration, they didn't just fail here. Mike Turner said this well. They failed to prepare after this first happened during their administration that they knew about. The president allowed this to go across our most sensitive military sites. Nobody's paying a lot of attention to the fact they're buying our farmland, ranch land, and buying land near military installations. That would be a really scary scenario if we continue to allow that to happen. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. My friend had his home stolen. The crime is home title theft. It's real. It's horrendous, but it's real and it's everywhere. Now, luckily, this was just a demo, but I saw how criminals all around the world target American homeowners. And that's why I protect my home with home title lock. And you need to as well. And a thief can simply forge your signature on a legal document claiming you sold your home to them. Homeowners insurance and common identity theft programs do not protect you but Home Title Lock does. So protect yourself. Just go to their website. It's hometitlelock.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Verify your home's title is still safely in your name. Then just register your address for a free, no obligation home title report for your files. That is a $100 value, absolutely free. That's hometitlelock.com slash Sean. HomeTitleLock.com slash Sean S-E-A-F. The number of people doing business. Ben Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 22 minutes past the hour with Kirk Conifer, our Tuesday morning pal. But he is my pal, 365. Um, Chuck Malamut, can't wait. We're going to have a great hour with Chuck. Uh, a wonderful half hour with Dr. Newkirk. And then you'll close the day out uh, with some awesome uh, two-way talk in open form, as you always do. So, Kirk, as I teased right before the break, why I think uh, corruptly doing this kind of thing is so injurious because the Fed has to cr- tr- treat it like it's real. They were expecting 170,000 jobs. And instead, we get a blowout, 517,000. Doesn't this tell them? We'll see what Chuck says to this. But doesn't this tell them that we've got to step up our uh, our actions, uh, you know, we're not slowing down the economy enough. This this is bad news, Kirk. It sure is. And, uh, you know, they've done enough to ham, hamstring what the, the Fed can do with the reckless uh, $4.5 trillion of spending that had to be financed by the Fed. Uh, it just uh, makes the Fed raise interest rates to continue this fight against inflation because one of the things that uh, uh, so causes inflation is an overheated uh, labor market, and this appears to be, on paper, an overheated labor market. The problem is, uh, you know, as we've discussed, it's an actual two and a half million decrease in jobs, which is the real number, uh, unadjusted, no seasonal adjustment. And that number is uh, in line with some of the more troubling, longer-term uh, demographic problems that the labor force has 
in that uh, the baby boomers are retiring faster than the millennials are taking their place in the labor force. And again, that, that sidebars into, oh, that's why we need uh, immigration. You know, so there's so many things that are wrong with this kind of uh, job reporting. And the implications are, are wide-ranging. Um, you know, the other part of this jobs report was that wages increased 4.4%. Well, when you have inflation at 65 your, your real wages continue to decline. And this uh, uh, real wage uh, decline over the Biden two-year uh, presidency so far has been devastating. Uh, wages have not kept up with inflation. Um, people's 401ks are, you know, down 45%. Uh, so there's a lot of distortion that's going on uh, with this false reporting of economic information. And there's, um, you know, policy being made on, on false numbers. And as we've discussed before, with the Fed continuing to raise interest rates, it slows down investment, business investment. It slows down car buying. It slows down home buying. Um, the the economist that predicted the 2008 housing meltdown is now saying that he's a, he expects uh, you know new home sales and and uh, resales uh, pricing to to decline 15 20 percent. Well, let me tell you what I've been hearing, and this is not good news. Spain, for example, they had had a number of of um, months where inflation was going down. So that makes you believe, hey, we you know, we got past the worst and, you know, on our way back and all of this. Now inflation is going back up. We, we remember Biden brought down gas prices purely by rating and it was extremely unwise by just rating the strategic petroleum reserves. Now gasoline prices are going back up. We've all been seeing it. Uh, this potentially could be, I don't even know if it's double dip. It might be triple dip, Kirk, because they're not acknowledging the first recession. Yeah, I know. And that, that's the other thing. They have uh, um, basically a, a public relations economic policy in that they just say stuff. And we're, we're to believe it. You know, there, there was no recession. Well, there was two quarters of economic contraction. That is a recession. It always has been a recession. Yeah, not now, though. This is, this is Joe's world. Uh, they, I mean, the, the media threw out every, every uh, principles of accounting. Uh, they've never acknowledged that we had a recession. In fact, they go so far as to say we did not. Well, if we didn't have one, it would it, uh, be the first time in history you've had economic contraction for two quarters and there's no recession. I know. And, you know, the outfit that, that proclaims these things, uh, they don't release their their definition of, of recession until long after it's over. I mean, uh, you know, um, 2009, uh, they released, uh, you know, that the re- we had a recession and it was over. Well, it was over the moment Barack Obama stepped into office. But, the, you know, they kept saying, oh, we're in a recession. We got to do this and that and make the, you know, so it, 
it's a it's a past practice of these Democrat presidents and and Democrat legislatures to uh, create economic policy based on you know choosing whatever economic uh, definition of things that, that they want. Yeah, Kirk, hold there. We're going to come back. We have many more topics that we're going to cover in the next half hour straight ahead. When we come back, I want to get Kirk's take on Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina. I'm a big fan. Uh, I'll give you my um, take, Kirk, after you give us yours about her uh, prospective run for president. She is slated to announce her candidacy in eight days on February 15th for president of the United States, former Trump administration appointee to the position of uh, a cabinet level position uh, ambassador to the United Nations. We're going to cover that. We're going to cover in the next segment also the uh, China spy balloon. And there's many, many layers to this. Uh, Biden has lied, as he always does throughout. They knew about it and they were never going to tell the American people. We know that because they they said there was one four months ago. Well, they never told us about that either. And it was a civilian who caught it. And then that's why Biden had to finally come clean. And then he lies and says the military waited until Saturday. I don't believe that. I don't believe anything that he says. We're going to cover that. Uh, We're going to cover the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Kansas City Chiefs. In Super Bowl 57, a lot to do. Let's get to it. We'll be back in just a little bit. Don't go away. With Kirk Conover, I am Hurley in the Morning, and this is WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. And I'm very pleased to tell you that is Harry Hurley for United Methodist Communities at the Shores in Ocean City. So if you or someone you know, someone you love, are considering senior living options, I recommend the Shores because transitioning to the Shores is easy. It's a move in, get right to it, experience the abundant life. The Shores is fully remodeled with private apartments, two beautiful restaurants, a bistro on the first level, an on-site fitness center, and transportation to local shopping. Best of all, it's just three short blocks to the Ocean City Boardwalk and Beach, To reach out to the Shores, all you need to do is call 609-399-8505. That's 609-399-8505. And please tell them that Hurley in the Morning sent you to United Methodist Communities at the Shores in Ocean City. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Yep, and it's Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app a mom has exclusively told us and she's come uh public with her full name that her daughter was attacked at the february 2nd atlantic city high school basketball game this is something that nobody uh has copped to yet or lived up to the fact that this happened uh we've got the story atlantic city councilman george tibbett is calling for an end to the homeless living under the boardwalk and an update on an atlantic city from the Townsquare, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. It's a chilly February morning. Inland temperatures mainly in the 20s here. Two changes ahead for today. It will be cloudier than yesterday. It will be cooler than yesterday. I'll give you a high of 45 degrees this afternoon. 
We'll stay dry during the day. A few rain showers may come into play tonight. Light stuff, low of 38. We're back to mild, pleasant weather tomorrow. Partly sunny, breezy, and 54. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. If you have a damp... Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And I thank you very much for waking up early in the morning with Kirk Conover. We love Tuesday mornings. It's quite a day. Kirk, Chuck, uh, every other week, the doc, Dr. Newkirk, and you in the open forum. Uh, Tuesdays are a very, very good day of our broadcast week. Now, Kirk, um, I mentioned Nikki Haley. Uh, I'm, I'm all for people that keep their word. Nikki Haley said that if President Trump runs for reelection, and by the way, that's the way I'm positioning it. Trump should do. It'll drive the Democrats crazy, media, Biden, all of them. He should have all his signs should say reelect because he did win. And you can say it. There's nothing dishonest about that. But anyhow, Nikki Haley said if President Trump ran that she wouldn't run. So I think that's unprincipled that suddenly she's running and she doesn't really have a good answer um, other than may the best woman win because uh, she's the only woman running right now on the Republican side. Uh, I don't understand her candidacy, but let's get your take. And then I'm going to share mine after you share yours. Well, I've always liked her, her, uh, forthrightness uh her policy positions uh you know when she was in the un she was never afraid to speak her mind she was great but again you know like like you uh she was for trump until she wasn't well i take people at their word i mean she did have that hiccup where she went a little negative but then later she came out and said i'm not running if he runs well he made it clear he's running and so I take people at their word. That makes her word not good with me. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I also don't think she has much of a national following. I mean, she probably would have made uh, uh, more of a national. She probably would have had more of a national following if she had stayed as governor of South Carolina. Because once you get in and become, you know, an appointed official, uh, say, you know, at the at the UN or some other post in in a presidential administration, you just don't have uh, the platform uh, to become a national figure. And and you have to be... I guess unless you're Pothole Pete. (laughs) I mean, come on. I mean, this guy's such a loser, and they keep trying to make it like he's the top Democrat right now. He leads in New Hampshire. He leads the sitting president. Here, let me me take a bat at this, swing at the bat. Nikki Haley, everything you said, I totally agree with fantastic governor of South Carolina. She was a tremendous U.N. ambassador. She was terrific on the world stage, fearless, pro-America, America America first. I mean, just terrific, terrifically loyal to President Trump as a cabinet member. Uh, I, I have to just analyze this, that she's running for VP, running mate. So I think she's not going to scorch the earth with anything negative about Trump, she's going to tout Trump policies. I think she's getting in this to get picked to be VP. Bob Progner sent me during the break, Kirk, that she's in fourth right now 
in her own home state of South Carolina. When did you ever hear of a serious presidential candidate that's fourth in her own home state where she was governor? Trump is first. DeSantis is second. Tim Scott is third. And she is fourth. She's going nowhere, Kirk. Yeah, I don't I don't see uh, her making any inroads. Plus, I don't I don't see I don't know why Tim Scott's in it either. I mean, he's he was a big, you know, in favor of Trump guy. He's a nice uh, conservative. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it gets to be ego, I guess. He's everybody that uh, is a governor or senator or congressman. You know, they wake up one day and say, hey, I could be president. Well, and I also think here's what they think. It's probably not going to happen this time, they think, but it'll be good for next time. It's like the Bill Clinton thing. And then if lightning strikes and you never know and you get it, you get it. It's why Chris Christie should have run against Obama. He would have been president. He's going to be in there, too. And he's not even he's at zero percent. People that don't even answer the question have a higher percentage than some of these people that are running. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, Like do not know or or undecided, I mean, is higher than than some of the people that actually are you know begging to get attention my theory is this i don't like disloyalty you know that's what i'm all, all about kirk and there's not a lot of it left which is why we always talk about wherever you have it hold on to it tight because it's rare and it's fleeting but i think with trump the more the merrier let them all let it be 10 clown cars 12 podiums because he's got his base that's with him i mean for example i i I don't want to put you on the spot, but I feel like I can. You're supporting Trump, correct? Correct. All right. And so am I. And nothing can change that until there's a winner. If it's not Trump and if it's DeSantis, I'll support him. But I'm not supporting DeSantis uh, now. I'm not against him. Uh, I've been very supportive of DeSantis. But Trump has a level of support that if he's indicted, it's not going to change Nothing could change it. So the more that run, and as you know, but I want our listeners to understand this, Republicans, it's winner take all. These delegates are not apportioned. They, it's winner take all. So you don't need a majority. You win with a plurality. I don't see how Trump could be beaten. If he's got a built-in 35 to 40 percent, something like that, that's automatic, I don't see how he could lose. Now, all the other candidates will carve up whatever's, you know, non-Trump uh, Republicans out there. And the reason I'm supporting Trump is simply because of the track record. I mean, he produced. His policies worked. Correct. They made America the, the leader of the world in so many spheres. that, uh, and, and every day you knew he was doing something. Like, you know, when Biden gets out there and says, uh, my economic plan is working. Well, what plan? There is no plan. His only economic plan was in his first day in office to countermand uh, everything Trump did uh, with the stroke of a pen. Well, he he crushed us in energy. He has indebted this country like no president in history. That's going to hurt your children's 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 children. It's it's disastrous. We're never going to be able to pay it back. It's absolute disaster. Uh, it's not a successful presidency. It's a it's a, it's an absolute just abject failure in every respect. You think about it. Uh, runaway inflation. Wages, of course, are not keeping up. Uh, 
the the pain at the pump, pain energy in general, the border crisis. I mean, you could go on and on and on. China rubbing Biden's face, his nose in their poop with this Chinese spy balloon that Kirk, you and I are going to talk about next. And I want to carve out at least I want it to be three, at least two or three minutes on the Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs this Sunday. Super Bowl 57, the Eagles' first appearance in five years. Kansas City's, uh, what would it be? Third straight, right? They won one, then they lost. I think they're in it three straight years. No, 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 no. They lost to, uh, they lost last year to Cincinnati, didn't they? Oh, in any event, we'll get to it. Uh, that's gonna, We're going to close the program with all of that at 45 minutes past the hour with Kirk Conover. I am early in the morning. Mark Levin. But I'm sick and tired of America being treated like it's not the land of opportunity. Oh, woe is me. They're holding me back. Everybody with a chip on their shoulder. Nobody's holding you back. Maybe you're just a damn loser. Mark Levin, weeknights at 6 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. Thank you, Chuck Malama, joining us in 15 minutes. We continue with Kirk Conover, so we've got seven minutes to talk about this whole China spy balloon. The the myriad of lies are, are so voluminous, we literally don't have time to cover them in seven minutes. That's that's To quote Joe Biden, that's not hyperbole. I mean, it's 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 true. There's so many lies. They were never going to tell us until that civilian saw the balloon. Then Biden, oh, Captain McBrag, uh, yeah, I told him to shoot it down. Only they did. That you think the military waited until Saturday? If Biden told him on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, no way, no how. Uh, they lie about everything. Oh, it, ha- it happened four months ago too, and you didn't tell us then either, Kirk. Where to begin other than it is even for this inept, incompetent, disgraceful administration to allow a China spy balloon that who knows what's on it to actually be able to travel from Alaska through the continental United States uh, over all those different five or so military bases, gather all the information that they want to gather and then shoot it right over your backyard, Kirk, in South Carolina. I mean, I'm not buying any of this. Sorry. No. Well, first, I've, I've been, uh, you know, reading a lot about this. And apparently they have determined this thing could maneuver. It had a propeller, which makes it an airship, not a balloon. And if you look at the the so-called, you know, path uh that was supposedly by you know wind currents it doesn't make sense uh you know we had the cold blast that was an arctic blast that came down um it didn't follow any of that uh from a weather standpoint second it it first made contact with the aleutian islands in alaska now is alaska not a state anymore you know, and and it was far enough offshore. It was not in international waters, from what I've read. Uh, they could have shot it down then. Uh, then it goes into Canada, and where's Canada? 
what are they doing? They're asleep at the switch, but you know, they're, they're, they're scared of their own shadow, I guess. And then it goes right over these, uh, uh, military bases that have, uh, nuclear missile silos. That is not, uh, a weather, uh, driven, uh, path. Uh, and yeah, they could have shot it down anywhere along the line. And it might as well be the uh, a giant middle finger from China. I mean, I think they were probing it. Do, by the way, do you think it's clear that, I mean, it, it is to me, Kirk. I'm not trying to, you know, put my thumb on the scale like, like, a, like a thief uh, grocer. But it's so apparent to me that Biden is completely compromised with China. China, at the end, actually said they basically consider what we did an act of aggression and they reserve the right to respond at any time. How how can we have an administration that allows this crap to go on and be said like that? I think uh, Biden is compromised by China, Hunter Biden's uh, business dealings in China. And uh, it's also, I think... Biden is weak, intimidated, and scared of China. And he's just uh, the worst president we've ever seen. There's there's no way you can make the case that America's international standing is stronger now than it was under Trump. Uh, Everything that uh, put America first uh, with Trump's policies has been dismantled. Kirk, Afghanistan, I need not remind you, we still have Americans trapped there. That's the problem, though. I've always said this. I said this about Bill Clinton, too. When you fail spectacularly every day and there's like a million things to try to keep cataloged, you almost get away with it. It's almost worse to be competent and fail once. You get hung. I I, I think there's something to what I just said. Uh, Now, Afghanistan, abject failure, unbelievably so. We learn more and more every day how horrifically bad uh, that went. And, of course, in my estimation, uh, Russia is uh, in a war with Ukraine because we have a weak, feckless president. If Trump had remained, there's no way that we would have war uh, with Russia and Ukraine. They wouldn't have done it. Yeah, and it it goes into economics, too. I mean, you see under Trump, everything was good with the dollar. Uh, there was no... You know, the only one moving to try to get away from the dollar was China. Uh, And we know that that's a longer term strategy of theirs. But now Saudi Arabia is going to accept uh, certain currencies for payment for oil. Uh, They used to just strictly take payments in dollars. Um, We've got this BRICS, uh, Brazil, Russia, uh, India, China and South Africa. They've formed a pact to do their trade uh, with their own currencies and not the dollar. And that's all because Joe Biden's policies on the international trade level have made these countries do this. They, they don't trust uh, this administration to, to back the dollar and, and be strong. So it it's far-reaching, and this whole uh, China spy balloon airship was just a big probe and it was china's strategy to to show the world that the u.s is weak and yeah we could have seen it from our back deck in surfside beach yeah they wanted to do that china that was the gift for uh nancy and kirk uh from chairman for life g not president 
Chairman Xi. All right, Kirk, let's do it. I promise two minutes or three minutes. We've got three. Exactly. Philadelphia Eagles versus Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl 57. This Sunday, February 12th. Lay it on us, Kirk. Well, I'm very... I'm much more confident in this Eagles team than the uh, 2017 version. Um, I, I didn't think the 2017 uh, version uh, had the firepower to keep up with the Patriots, but they did. And I also think that uh, this coach, uh, Sirianni, is much more aggressive than um, uh, Andy Reid. And I think that is what is going to be the key to the game. You're right about that. Andy Reid will punt where Sirianni will go for it. It's almost like, it's a little bit like, um, oh my gosh, P- please, my mind does this. Any, I have too much on my mind anymore. Who's who's the coach that won the Super Bowl? Doug Peterson, right? Doug, Doug Peterson, Peterson, right? Yeah, yeah I, it came to me the last second. Sort of a gunslinger like Doug Peterson, although I also give Sirianni high marks for being a great modern coach, a technician, Uh the only thing that scares me is the Eagles on paper. They also did the Madden, the John Madden simulation, and the Eagles won. The Eagles, if they play this Kansas City Chiefs team, I think would win at least eight out of ten. But as you know, Kirk, any given Sunday, anything can happen. Uh, this would be heartbreaking to have the better team and to not win. Yeah, and I don't put anything past uh, Mahomes. He's he's I a know. magician and I know. creative, and uh, and and Travis Kelsey is awesome. It's his last game. There's just so many storylines here. I'm not going to falter. I like the Eagles. I believe they're going to win. Uh, they're just better. I I think they're better almost everywhere, and I mean this. And I know a lot of people would take Mahomes. If you said you could have either quarterback, and I'm not talking about with a high ankle sprain, I'd take Hurts. I think Hurts is better. Uh, I like them. And we're down to 30 seconds, Kirk. Closing comment. Well, I've, I've become more and more convinced. Uh, my my church friends that uh, are Giants fans or Jets fans, uh, they are saying that this is the most complete football team that they have ever seen. And I believe that. And uh, I think Jalen Hurts and Sirianni will make the adjustments necessary to, to win the game. They'll keep Travis Kelsey under control. And uh, they'll do something aggressive that turns the tide. Kirk, I love it. Uh, great hour. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Until we meet again next time we talk, we're going to know what happened. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks, Harry. Always a pleasure to be on your program. Honor is mine. Chuck Malamud is next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks very much. It's seven minutes past the hour. Chuck Malamud has arrived, and isn't that a very good thing? This program is presented by Chuck Malamut, a financial advisor for Morgan Stanley. 
the information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamut and not Morgan Stanley. Uh, and they are not um, in support of any particular investment. Uh, it's a general discussion that we have in the interest of the public. Chuck Malamut, without further delay, welcome to your program. So great to see you. Good morning, Harry. How are you? You all fired up. You ready for Sunday, huh? You and Kirk? I'm not going to reveal my weekend until I get back. But yes, we have quite a weekend planned. A, a lot of it beyond our control. Uh, really hopeful that the be- if you say may the best team win, that would be the Eagles. They are yeah, the best team. Yeah, and I'll, um, here's my story. I'm going to stick to it. The best team is not being represented on Sunday. Well, I mean... That's true, but you could say that a lot of times. It's these are the two teams that made it to the Super Bowl, two number one seeds. In fact, the two overall number one seeds. Think about that one, Chuck. How often do you see that happen? They're the two overall you, number one seeds. You don't, Harry. And yeah, I, I'm going to obviously root for the Eagles. You know, with everyone else around here. By the way, um, when you said that the two best teams are not in it, do do you acknowledge that the Eagles are? The Eagles from the, the, yeah, the Eagles from the NFC side, yes, yes. They're, they're the best team. And you believe Cincinnati is a better team than Kansas City? Absolutely. And I, I, think it, I, I think it's a fair comment. I think it's an accurate comment. They've played, if you count the last four times they've played, each game has been decided by three points. Cincinnati had won the prior three, and obviously under um, some unusual conditions, Chuck, did you like the meme that I sent to you? With the, yes. It, it was the referee. The first, it was a, a meme that said something like, the first referee to in ever Super win an Bowl AFC, history. To ever win the AFC championship. Win, yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Adding insult to injury. Thank you, Harry. Appreciate that. But listen, um, yeah, it's been the market has been absolutely uh, on a wild course. Uh, I, I, there's been a fair amount of, of, of whipsawing of late. But the, the good news is, Harry, again, last week, stocks were higher. S&P was up 1.6%. Um, you know, as we are on that path of least resistance, and that right now, Harry, is actually remains to the upside. Uh, well, you guys did a good job talking about the resilient labor market. We can get into that uh, if we have some time. And maybe the Fed is near the end of their rate ex- of their height expectations. Uh, rate, I'm sorry, the Fed is nearing the end of their rate hikes. Did that jobs report change anything? I think, Harry, the, the, the old adage, long, uh, higher for longer, um, might be uh, the path that the Fed's going to take. I mean, you, Terrible. Uh, a non-voting Fed member yesterday uh, said, yeah, I think, uh, I, th- I think we're not near the end. Uh, Fed voting member this morning said we're not near the end. But, Harry, look, they had, Powell is speaking today. I can't imagine that the Fed did not have all of this information or most of this information prior to the meeting. I just find it remarkable. Fair comment. That, that I didn't think of that. It's a good the, comment. That the left doesn't talk to the right. I mean, I, I, you made it very, very clear on a number of occasions that the 500,000 plus number is <laughs> maybe uh, more of a narrative that's driven to tonight's discussion. Um, and I'm, Harry, I'm really- I think this is a scary thing. Uh, I believe that. And I, I just, I'm, I'm so deeply troubled that 
we as Americans, we cannot trust the information that we're receiving. Like, for example, it's just a quick sidebar. I don't want to go sideways on your show, but I'm going to just slip it in because I didn't get a chance during Kirk's show. You've got this spy remains of the spy flight that's going to be sent to Quantico, Virginia. The FBI is going to analyze it. I can't trust anymore. I used to always believe if the FBI, I mean, they were the most respected organization of its kind in the history of the world. I can't trust that they're not going to cover up. Agreed. Absolutely. And and China, in the meantime, they said they want their property back. And said (laughs) they reserve the right because of our act of aggression to take further action at a later date. You can't, Chuck, you can't make this stuff up. But this does, this is not totally um, sideways from the Malamut program because these are geopolitical things. Absolutely. One of the biggest risks that that, um, everyone is chatting about this year is the fact that you know, you have the geopolitical risks that are out there. I mean, you have currency risk, uh, individual country risk, geopolitical risk. I mean, it just goes, the, the the beat of the drummer goes on and on and on. But, Harry, so let's flip back a little bit last week. Yep. Uh, best sectors, uh, the communication services up over 5%, technology up almost 4%. Those, again, remember, last year, 2022, the two of the three worst performing sectors. On the flip side, worst sectors last week, energy down almost 6% and utilities down 1.5%. So, again, they were one of the better performing sectors in 2022. So, if you, you know, you flip this, you flip the page to January 1, 2023, all of a sudden things changed, Harry. It was pretty, it was pretty remarkable. So, if you look at what has taken place in the markets, we've had uh, for the S&P, Four out of the last five weeks have been gains. Uh, you know, uh, the, the S&P, on, in, when we wrapped up January, was up over 6%. The NASDAQ 100, which are all the tech stocks, which everybody said, you know, stay away from, up almost 11%. And, and, and you know, January has been described, Harry, as, as a, a, a rally of previous losers and laggards. Wow. And you look at some of these stocks that are, you know, a lot of these broken business models, um, you know, saw their stocks rally over 100%. What do you think that means? I think you might have some short covering. I I can't imagine that a a company, uh, you know, like like a Peloton, I'm not picking on them per Mm -hmm. se, but I mean, that was a stock that, you know, basically, you know, reached its fame in the middle of COVID and now they're going through a retool. Um, you know, the other thing that, that has ha- that happened, Harry, is that as we're seeing these earnings reports come, uh, again, it's the old, the, old, the old adage. I mean, all the analysts and strategists have, have basically, uh, you know, taken down these earnings, you know, pretty significantly. And you know, we're, quote, unquote, in an earnings recession. So when you get a beat, um, that's obviously good news. But, if, but in the meantime... If a, if a company's not performing, again, it's they sort of take it out to the woodshed. What's been the top line, bottom line reality? Well, earnings are down. Earnings are off from a you know from where they were a year ago. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. It's it's uh, but the market is. Done, I kind of feel like the, I it. feel like the numbers don't equal the narrative. We it's like we have a fantasy narrative that the numbers don't support the narrative. I think I think that does happen on occasion, and I don't mean that at your level. I don't mean that from the financial analyst, you know, the financial advisor world, but just the 
the the body politic. Chuck, let's get the first break in. We're going to be right back. If you're just joining the program, we're at 15 minutes past the hour. The following program is presented weekly by Chuck Malamut, a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamut and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast and are subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, member SIPC. Back with Chuck Malamut in just a few moments with Chuck. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I thank you very much. Welcome back. It's 20 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malamut. I am Hurley in the morning. Chuck Malamut is here presenting all about your financial matters as he does every Tuesday morning for the past 31 years. Chuck, Fed, ECB, tell our listeners what that even means, and BOE, what's going on, the, so, the rate hikes. So, Harry, if you remember, middle of last week, uh, you know, f- the financial markets did rally uh, Wednesday and Thursday. After You had the Fed, you had the European Central Bank or the ECB, you had the Bank of England or BOE. They all raised rates uh, at their early February meetings. The Fed, as we know, uh, s- slowed their tightening pace to 25 basis points or one quarter of 1%, and that was expected. If you remember, we had a, we had a uh, 50 basis point hike in December, and, a, and we had four three-quarters of 1% hikes that ended this past November. So the target right now, Harry, with the Fed stands at about 4.5% to four and three-quarters. The Fed made it clear uh, that they intend to hike a few more times before they, they pause. Now, Harry, this is all sort of laid out before the jobs report on, on Friday. Is it all looking like 25 basis well, points the increases? Well, market, the market at the time, Harry, had priced in, uh, you know, basically one more hike. Um, and Was that and, the one that just happened? No, one more after, after this. And, and the... the the odds of that have moved up significantly since the, you know, after the employment report that came out. You know, uh, Powell, you know, assured everyone that no cuts in rates are being contemplated this year. In the meantime, investors anticipated they would be reduced in the second half of, of the year. Um, so, Harry, it's anybody's guess you know, where, where we go from here, you know, you know, you sort of had that shot that went around the world, heard around the world that everyone is continuing to, to raise rates, but albeit, you know, rather slower, uh, than what we have seen, you know, in, in previous, you know, in these, in these previous meetings. Wow. Amazing. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to just say it because the numbers say it, but I don't believe it. U.S. labor market remains red hot. So I know you and Kirk spent oh, a... I threw up in my mouth I on that. You, you, I mean, you and Kirk spent a, a, a lot of time on this in the last hour or so. And I, and I think you pretty much covered it. 517,000 jobs added in January. The consensus came in at one... You know, the, the, the forecast, and no one got it, obviously, near corrected 188,000. I've never seen, Harry, that kind of aberration. Now, the question is, you know, how they always go back and they do a revision. You know, how much is this number going to be revised? But the good news, 
the good news in all this is, um, y- you know, one of the Fed governors did say, you know, you can't take one report and run with it. You know, you have to, you know, you got to, you, you know, you got to do your dot plotting, so to speak. And and I don't know, maybe this was an aberration. Remember one thing, Harry, when they when they when they report these numbers, it's not through month end. It's always through the middle of the month. So you still had, you know, a, a lot of ramped up employment as, as you got into the hol- through the holiday season. And, you know, this ended basically the middle of January. So I'm real curious, not that I'm, you know, trying to fast forward time, but uh, I, I'm, I, I'm real curious what the February report looks like uh, compared to, you know, February a year ago and obviously the, this past January. Um, look, the unemployment rate, you know, fell to a 53-year low, 3.4%. What's not good is the average hourly earnings rose 4 you know, over 4% year over year, uh, but it is down a little bit from 4.6% in December. So, you know, the, the question is how much higher and for how long is the Fed going to be persistent uh, because they, they absolutely want to get inflation down. You know, there's been really not, you haven't heard, have you heard anything about inflation no. in, the, in the last two weeks? No, but it is still high. I know, but you haven't. No. I mean, it, it's it sort of got off, you know, sort of got off the the, radar. the front page of, yeah. of 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 what everybody looks at. So, but you're going to get a number in short order, and you know, it better be coming down, or or the Fed's going to really have a lot more work to do that no one had really anticipated. Wow, um, whew, a lot going on. Uh, you did touch on earnings, but let's as a standalone uh, question bring up fourth quarter. 2022 earnings. So about half of the constituents of the S&P 500 have reported, Harry. Uh, blended earnings per share, and that combines reported data with estimates that are put out there that have not yet reported. Earnings declined a little bit, a little bit around 5%. Sales did rise about 4%, and that's compared to the same quarter a year ago. Um, you know, companies that have more of a global uh, than domestic exposure you know, are reporting weaker earnings and sales uh, in the fourth quarter of, of, of uh, 2022. You know, the one thing to remember, Harry, that we're seeing with respect to the reporting is that, uh, you know, the, the mega tech names, you know, had, re- had a really, really tough go of it, la- you know, last week, you know, during earnings. Uh, you know, your favorite company, Apple. Yippee. Um, you know, um, they took care of me. Google. Well, my phone broke. <laughs> Google. That's Thank good, Harry. Google, which is obviously Alphabet. Um, you know, Qualcomm. I mean, they they all reported earnings below expectations, and you would have thought that the market it's, itself would have the Nasdaq would have had a really tough time, but they, but it it, it had a tough day, but it bounced off bounced off of that. So. As, you know, the the problem here is that they've taken, and the last company that I left out, Harry, the one that got beat up the most was actually Amazon. Um, so now what what is what is happening? You know, everyone has left technology, and what was the best performing index during the month of January two thousand twenty three? The Nasdaq. So everything that was isn't. 
every the whole script is flipped 180 degrees, correct? It is. I mean, it is. You must marvel. You've been doing it for a long, long time, very successfully. You must marvel at your industry uh, because there are things that just happen that just they're stunning. You know, I always wanted to come back in my second life as a strategist or an analyst or a weather person. Yeah, well, because you want to be the weather person in Hawaii because you just you, you mail it in. <laughs> it's 80 degrees and sunny every day. That's the best job in the world. Analyst is also a good job because I don't know if it's true, but it doesn't seem like they get it right very often. Your guy, present company excluded, I'm, I'm a Mike Wilson fan. He's very dour still. Morgan Stanley's very dour about the economy. Uh, but having said that, though, that seems like one of those jobs, being a pollster, being a weather person, being uh, an analyst in the financial realm, you don't have to be right. You know, Harry, look, this is, this is getting very, very confusing right now. And, and we'll cover a, f- a, f- a few items as we uh, work through the rest of our discussion today. There's just so many cross currents that are out there. And, and if anyone can actually say that they have this figured out, uh, Harry, I would tell you that they're probably absolutely wrong. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. I totally agree. This portion of our program also brought to us in part by Comfort Keepers. And, and let me share this one uh, from a perspective of both a professional standpoint, but also a personal one. Because this is personal to me because I'm a nurse dad. It's Harry Hurley for Comfort Keepers of Atlantic Cape May and Southern Ocean Counties. Comfort Keepers treats your family member like a member of their own family. They don't take that lightly. Comfort Keepers helps people live safely and independently at home. Comfort Keepers goes above and beyond to provide professional in-home care that can elevate your quality of life and deliver you with peace of mind and give you the opportunity to live with dignity and to stay in your home and not have to go somewhere else if you don't want to. Comfort keepers are available when you need them the most, whether it's for as little as four hours per week or 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Comfort keepers treats each and every client with dignity and respect. Call comfort keepers. If I've inspired you to call, tell them that. Call 609 277 7855. That's 609. 609- 277-7855. They're on the web at comfortkeepers.com. It's Harry Hurley for Comfort Keepers. With Chuck Malamut, it's Hurley in the Morning on South Jersey's number one, all because of you, two-way news talk radio station, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Back with Chuck Malamut and much more of his insightful financial uh, information coming up next. This is the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network. And it's Harry Hurley. It's exactly 30 minutes past the hour. And I have three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. A mom has exclusively come forward publicly and given me permission to reveal her name and her family circumstances and alleges her daughter was attacked at the February 2nd Atlantic City High School basketball game. Read all about it on the app or the website. Atlantic City Councilman George Tibbet is calling for an end to homeless folks living. 
From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Clouds are rolling in this morning, and that will help keep temperatures cooler today compared to yesterday. I'll give you a high of 45 this afternoon. I think we'll stay dry during the day. A few rain showers may come visit tonight. It'll stay mostly cloudy with a low of 38. Back to mild, pleasant weather tomorrow, partly sunny and breezy, dry during the day with a high around 54 degrees. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. We are back. It's uh, 36 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malamut. I am early in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5 because of you, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. Now, we're going to do an update, not just because China flew a spy balloon, but we're going to do a China update. Chuck, time is yours. Yeah, Harry. So China actually uh, rebounded strongly in January. Now, I, I you need to really take the information that we're fed with a grain of salt. Because it's their reporting. So China Manufacturing Purchasing Managers, their index rose more than 10 points in January, Harry, as you had COVID restrictions that were lifted, uh, and that created a surge in in economic activity. Their PMI rose to 52.9. It was 42.6 in December. Um, You know, forecasts for economic growth have been raised, in in China as a result of the economy's rapid reopening. Um, so as an example, the the uh, International Monetary Fund this past week, Harry, raised its China GDP forecast to 5.2% in 2023, and October was actually at 4.6%. Now, so you got the IMF, uh, you know, sitting on top of all this data and basically saying that because of China – the expectation is, you know, their GDP is going to grow significantly compared to where it was just reported, you know, just a month ago. Um, any anybody's guess? They, they, it's easy though; happens. they can say whatever they want, and it, that's those are the numbers. I don't believe anything they say, but look, I, I say this um, dispassionately: a strong China economically is good for the world. Yeah, because Harry, what what happened was at the, at the same time when you know when the IMF upgraded its global growth outlook on China, it, it, it also they're seeing some a fair amount of of re- unexpected resilience here in the U.S. and Europe. So the two point nine percent global growth that was indicated it's now indicated was at 2.7 percent and that's in october and this was obviously for 2023 um you know china's reopening you know will be good for global growth but on the flip side you know could be bad for taming and global inflation because you think about you know they're going to be using goods and services and oil and energy and other like and that's going to you know that could potentially hurt you know, the Fed and all these other, you know, uh, you know, uh, banks, you know, national banks you know, yeah. throughout the world. In the old days, Chuck, you'd call it like a 15-round prize fight. You have the IMF upgrading its global growth outlook. Then you have the purchasing managers uh, index on the decline. So it's it's like punch, counterpunch. This is a tough slog, isn't it? Well, yeah. Remember, 
you know, just a few minutes ago, we, we said, look, uh, you know, it's, it's it, as confusing as it gets. There's just so many cross currents. So as that is being announced on the flip side, just last week, the Institute of Supply Management, their manufacturing purchasing manager index fell um, more deeply in a contraction in January. It was down to 47.4 versus 48.4 in December. Uh, Harry, it's, it's, the market is sending mixed signals here as to one, I guess you guys covered it last hour. Did, or Did we have or are we in a recession? <laughs> and if so, when when is it? You know, it, I mean, a lot of a lot of analysts and strategists are saying, okay, we're not going to have one now. I know. Or there's a higher probability we're not going to have it. Not they're not saying we're not going to have it for for sure. But I think as I think as Kirk said it oh so well, you have you know you, contraction two consecutive quarters in the economy. I mean, by definition, that is a recession. We've had a very good track record on your program, Chuck, and we're always very careful about this kind of thing because all the things you say are pursuant to, you know, even the strict disclaimer that I read at the beginning of every program. So we're careful about these kinds of things. But I I always, because I'm the layperson on the panel, I can slip a couple little zingers in now and then. We were always skeptical, and I don't speak for you very often, but I think I can on this one. We were skeptical about this whole dot-com thing. And, and said there's a bubble. And because like, just for me as a layperson with limited financial experience, um, you know, three years at NatWest for an international bank, uh, just said there's no there there. So that, of course, popped miserably. You and I uh, picked out of the air this school debt crisis. It is, it is extremely problematic. And I think it's ruining many people that can't even get a mortgage because they have such a uh, impossible debt to equity ratio. And I am here on your show to say that this credit card debt of this time is a significant problem. Uh, Harry, unfortunately, I think it's a game changer in the wrong direction. Yep. Uh, you know, you know, credit card debt reached a record of $930 billion in the fourth quarter. So that's going to be over a trillion at some point. Yeah. And, and um, you know, as the as the balance continues to rise, so so do the delinquencies, and it's obviously something you need to pay attention to, and and you know, for, for most Americans, you know, inflation, uh, interest rates, you know, that's sort of that one two punch. You know, you had a rate hike last week from the Fed. Uh, you know, credit card annual you know, percentage rates are already near twenty percent, Harry, on average. And set to climb even higher because those rates will move as the Fed moves. Yeah, uh, you know, consumers continue to lean on uh, on credit to uh, for, to pay for the necessities like food and rent. Uh, so that you know that as a result of all that, again, fourth quarter two thousand twenty two was reported nine hundred and thirty billion dollars at the end of the of 2022 harry that's an 18 and a half percent increase wow from a year ago mm. um you know the average balance rose to about fifty eight hundred dollars over that same period and that's an interesting number because the buying power of the average american is down six thousand dollars a year that's not a coincidence. No, it's not. They're, they're doing it because they have to do it. This is a lot of this. A lot of this spend is is not on leisure activities and travel and entertainment. A lot of yeah. it now is just survival. And you know, it's you mentioned it. 
and we talk about it, and it's actually, you know, my wife Pam said to me when I got home last night, yeah, I went I went to the grocery store, I got four bags, and it was $200. Oh, Chuck. Did you see the article I wrote? I, I did. I'm, okay. I, did. I, I didn't know if I sent you a copy or if you saw it on your own. These prices are unbelievable, and Chuck, wages are not keeping up. They're not. They're, they're not, and that's, I, I'm very curious. I know that you're not going to watch tonight. I'm really... No. I'm going to read it, though, I, tomorrow. I, I don't really have much... Uh, intention of watching either but i don't know how you overcome high inflation i mean wages are up let's say wages are up 4.4 percent inflation is up 6.6 how so do you you're, do? So you're already underwater yeah you're a loser uh, but, right the, there. but this credit card debt and you know is something that needs to be really uh, uh watched and and i, I think it, it it i don't want to say it's a disaster in the making but you know if you can avoid a card using a card try to do so because do, you, do it, you think we're in an environment where we were a number of years ago i guess 2009 ish whenever it was where they're cutting your credit card limits i haven't seen I, that yet i you know, i think it's i think it's happening harry i i mean it's it's getting i mean if you go to any lender uh it, it's getting tougher and tougher to get money wow. i mean it's you know a new business a startup um you know uh, banks you know, lenders really don't want to have anything to do with it unless you have obviously a proven track record and financials to support it, and a, and a, and a strong balance sheet. But you know, the up and comer, very very tough road to hoe here. Final break. We're going to be right back uh, with Chuck Malamut. More about your financial matters. If Chuck has more to say on consumer delinquency rates and the fact they are rising, that's going to come up next. Then we're going to get it's almost Groundhog's Day because. Uh, for 31 years, from time to time, fairly often, Chuck and I are covering the debt ceiling drama. They have till March, so you wait and see. They, they never get it done early. It's going to be the, the same kind of thing, I would suspect. And, that, and March isn't exactly that far away. Uh, we'll talk about the debt ceiling. We'll talk about inflation. We'll talk about a whole lot of things coming up in our final segment straight ahead. Chuck Malamut. With yours truly, Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Download the WPG Talk Radio app for your iPhone or Droid and take South Jersey's talk station wherever you go. Get free, unlimited South Jersey news right at your fingertips. Listen to and easily call all of your favorite local and national talk shows. Wake up with Harry Hurley using the alarm clock feature and more. It's the WPG Talk Radio app for your iPhone or Droid. Download it now at WPGTalkRadio.com. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Chuck, I forgot to ask you during the break. Do you have more on consumer delinquency rates? No, I think, Harry, other than the fact that banks, you know, are already, you know, tightening... Uh, and uh, their lending stand standards, and and they're raising their loan loss provisions. So that's what you typically see, Harry, uh, when you get into a negative credit credit cycle. Um, consumer delinquency rates increase. They'll crime. They'll they'll probably increase even further uh, as we you know enter and into this negative uh, credit cycle. So time will tell. Let me do a quick preamble on this one because this is the only time in American history that our credit rating was actually lowered, and that is when the Congress failed to raise the debt ceiling limit and it resulted in you know adverse action 
to America's credit rating, which is still fantastic, but it never happened in the entire history of the country. It would just be routinely raised, you know, again and again and again. But, but you know, there does come a point in time where you have to pay your bills and, and start to wonder, you know, how, how high is high and what are we going to do about this? So we're in the same uh, mousetrap, the same, I call it a Groundhog's Day, where this discussion is going on right now. We have split government. So that's the challenge of getting both sides to agree. Uh, debt ceiling, from your perspective, Chuck, where do we go well, from here? Harry, I think it, it ultimately there will be an agreement. Yeah. It, it, always, it, always, it always happens. They'll raise. But Republicans want cuts. Well, they'll, Harry, they'll get, they'll get to the end line, the goal line, and there will be an agreement. They'll raise the debt ceiling. It's going to get passed. Um, I'm not, you know how we always talk about making sausage, watching them make sausage. You're going to see that, you know, front and center. Uh, you know, but while that is happening, don't be at all surprised, Harry, if you see the markets get spooked, you know, about a, about a default. If it looks as like the deadline yeah, approaches. Yeah, yep, so, yep. you know, anything can happen. I mean, it's, you know, nothing gets done to the very end. And then when you get to the very end, they need more time on top of that. So it's just really... It's really, really a sad way to operate when you think about it. It's the worst. It's it's dysfunctional. It's it's terrible. You couldn't run a household like this. So how do you run a country like this? Well, we've talked about it. We've talked uh, around it. We've talked over it, through it. You name it. Inflation. Does the market really even care? Well, Harry, at this point in time, the market doesn't seem to be terribly concerned about inflation. You know, we will see inflation decelerate over time you know earnings uh, will also decelerate along along with that harry um you know earnings per share will probably decline in, in other words growth will continue but will be cooler than what has previously happened along with inflation so i think the market has kind of built that in to all the projections that we are expecting to have happen in 2023 did you cover january market performance in your market update or do you have further well we did to a certain degree but harry there's just one thing i want to i just want to mention here and if you look in in in, in this past january and for the and go back to the year 2022 the worst performing stocks quintile of stocks in 2022 harry were actually up 20 one percent during the month of january the best performing stocks in 2022 were up only two percent you know this is one if not the most extreme january reversals we have seen in history and it does seem maybe to be a little bit overdone Mm. you know you think about it you know you've 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 flipped the page to january one and what has changed i mean from december 31 to january one i mean not a whole lot. So I'm real curious how this lays out. You know, all your, you know, all your stodgy consumer staples, those stocks didn't, you know, uh, energy did not do particularly well during the month of January. But in the meantime, consumer discretionary, information technology, communication services, those, those were the three laggards in 22. They were the best performers month of January 2023. So interesting. You're listening to Chuck Malamut, all about your financial matters. A reminder for all of your fin- financial planning needs, turn to Chuck and his team, the Malamut Group. Chuck is the managing director. 609-383-2010, 609-383-2010, 609-383-2010. 
the Russell 3000, I'm not saying you never talk about the Russell 3000, but you do from time to time when necessary and when it's appropriate, but not as often as some of the other indices. What does yeah. this tell us? So the Russell 3000, Harry, measures more of your small caps. And, and, um, and, and, and you know, if you go back and you look at last week and, you know, one particular day, it was actually on Thursday, nearly 60% of the Russell 3000 names made 20-day highs. 20. Now, this is more of a technician talking than anything else, Harry. Now, historically, you know, what, what that suggests is there's a very, very high probability that equities maybe have entered into a new bull market phase. Uh, I don't think you've had, you, you probably have a handful of people that are making that statement at this point in time. But I want to, again, sort of those, you know, we just talked about the, all those cross currents. I mean, you have, you know, three minutes ago, we were talking, uh, you know, about contraction and inflation. And now we're talking about the Russell three, you know, the Russell three thousand. You know, maybe signaling that maybe a bull market is ahead of us. You know, as you mentioned, our guy Mike Wilson, you know, very sour on the market. You know, he's going to he's going to stick to that uh, to that discussion for for quite some time. Um, but the one thing that, that that Morgan Stanley and other strategists, you know, are noting here is that you know U.S. equities have been underperforming what is happening outside the U.S., be, you know, because you've had improvement, you know, in economic outlook, you know, around the world. You think about it, you know, last September, all they talked about was how expensive oil was going to be. And meantime, we've had a decent winter so far. It's been warmer. So the European energy crisis, you know, really did not unfold. Uh, China reopening, we talked about that. So, Harry, I think more to come from there. 30 seconds. How big a problem do you think this student loan debt? Obviously, we could talk about what a problem it is because of the size of it. But not too long from now, May or June, whenever, two months or whatever, after the Supreme Court decision, people are going to have to start paying this again. Well, Harry, yeah. It's going to be a big problem. Let's leave it with this. Yep. Older, wiser, and still in debt. There's a, there's a trillion six in student loan debt, all right, that was, that was out there. Borrowers 50 years and older held 22% of that debt. 22%, you're 50 years old, and you're still paying off student wow. debt. That's uh, sobering. Best in the business, Chuck Malamut, 609-383-2010. Dr. Newkirk is next. Chuck, thanks for a great hour. Enjoy your weekend. You too, buddy. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. Thrilled to report my good friend Dr. Mark Newkirk is here, so that's always a very good thing. Dr. Mark Newkirk is the owner and operator of Newkirk Family Veterinarians, a trusted name in pet care. You know, I say for more than four decades, but very, very soon I'm going to be able to say for five decades. Dr. Newkirk is the official and exclusive veterinarian for the Hurley in the Morning program. He visits with us. We talk all about your pets. I should say he talks all about your pets. I'm sort of a um, window dressing. He, Dr. Newkirk is heard on the first and third Tuesday of every month. Uh, at this very appointed hour. 
and they're located at 3085 English Creek Avenue in Egg Harbor Township. To make an appointment, 609-645-2120. If I've inspired you to call, and I appreciate if you just take an extra moment to mention that I did, that I sent you early in the morning, 609-645-2120 on the web at NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com. Dr. Newkirk, welcome to your program, and I'm excited about the fact that you can save folks money during this month of February because it is one of the coveted months that we talk about on your program, Dental Month at Newkirk Family Veterinarian. So that's a big deal because the work should be done, it needs to be done, and why not get it at the time of year where you can get you know a bargain at the same time. Dr. Newkirk, welcome. Yes, happy February and happy Dental Month. Uh, the AVMA, our national organization, uh, invites uh, everyone to learn more about dental disease and dental health uh, in their pets. And uh, this is sort of, it's a voluntary thing for local practices to participate in, but trying to raise awareness, uh, especially this month, but as we do Every day in the office, because every day in the office we find dental disease. It's that common. Um, and this is a month where we actually offer at Newkirk a 20% off of this surgical procedure. And I do say surgical procedure because oftentimes uh, teeth have to be pulled. Oftentimes gums have to be sutured. Um, empty sockets have to be filled with it's a biologic sponge, actually, that dissolves after a while. Uh, so this is a true surgery, and it does require anesthesia. And this is where many people balk. And the thing we like to tell people is, look, you need to respect anesthesia, but you don't fear it. And if and ahead of time, uh, we do, just as if any of us have had surgery, you do preoperative uh, blood work, you do preoperative cardiogram, make sure the heart's good, you make sure the blood is good. Um, and then you go ahead and do this. And the important part is, is that this is a source of infection for the entire body. And it's no different, I try to tell people, let's suppose that you had a, an open wound on your arm. Would you just say, well, I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, I'm too old for anesthesia. Uh, no, obviously this is a detriment to your health. The big thing with animals is that most of the dental disease is in the back, just like us. And so unless you really open that mouth or flip that lip, as we call it, flip the lip, uh, to see those back teeth, you're going to miss probably 80 to 90% of dental disease that's happening in your pet. And I would guarantee you that of all the listeners that are listening in today, uh, a minimum of three uh, out of ten would, if they flip the lip when we get done this phone call, would find significant dental disease in their pet. Uh, it's that common. And that- hey, Doc, let me ask you a question. You just remind me of something, and and I don't know that we've ever talked about flip the lip before. It just jogged my memory very, very um, distinctly. Some, I, I guess, different dogs are different. Some seem to have like a lot of stuff like going on in there, flappy stuff, but. If you bend, if you flip the lip and you see like black in there and stuff like that, which I have seen with dogs, is that normal or is that a problem? No, that's a problem. Uh, the teeth should be nice and shiny white. Um, 
just like typically the front teeth are when you see that dog smiling, you see those shiny white teeth, uh, the back teeth should be uh, just as clean. Okay. And more importantly, the gum line should be snugly down, uh, cemented, so to speak, onto the tooth and nice and pink. It shouldn't be sort of lumpy or, or really red, hot red. You know, these are areas of periodontal disease. And uh, any human who has periodontal disease know how severe this can be. And uh, very, very common in the dog and the cat. That was a question I was going to ask you as a follow-up. We know it's extremely prevalent with humans, periodontal disease. So it is the same. Is that a a byproduct of diet at that point? Because if they were having like the bones and being able to work, you know, their, their teeth out and things like that. Like you talk about how carnivores in, in the wild, they don't really have periodontal disease, do they? Or do they as well? Well, they don't because they're eating mother nature's natural diet, which is prey. And whether we want to think about the, the rabbit that gets uh, taken by the fox or the wolf, um, you know, the the carnivore chews up that whole animal. It chews up the bones. It chews up the muscle. It chews up the the organs. <clears throat> and this is how the diet is balanced. But more important, uh, that sort of ripping and tearing by those pointed teeth, you can picture the tooth sort of sinking into the muscle or to a bone. And that physical scraping uh, keeps that teeth uh, keeps the plaque and tartar from building up. Plus, there are natural enzymes in the prey's bones and muscles that mix with the salivary enzymes of the predator to uh, kill the bacteria and keep that mouth nice and clean. And if there was dental disease in the wild, uh, what would happen? Well, the predator couldn't hunt, and he would slowly starve to death. Exactly. So it doesn't go that way. Nature rules. It's uh, first break time, only break during Dr. Newkirk's program. When we come back, I'm going to ask Dr. Newkirk to outline the percentage discount because it's one thing we're telling you that it's dental month at Newkirk and there are savings. We'll have Dr. Newkirk outline uh, what the savings are uh, when we come back. And a reminder to make an appointment with Dr. Newkirk. And if I, again, if I've inspired you to call, uh, please tell Dr. Newkirk that. And he is very easy and his team, very, very easy to get a hold of. You simply call 609-645-2120, 609-645-2120. They're on the web at NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com. With Dr. Mark Newkirk, this is... Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back. It's early in the morning, almost 20 minutes past the hour with Dr. Mark Newkirk, the official, the exclusive veterinarian for the early in the morning program to reach Dr. Newkirk's team at Newkirk Family Veterinarians at 3085 English Creek Avenue. Call 609-645-2120 to make an appointment. 609-645-2120 if you'd like to navigate digitally. Uh, the website is really, it's a great resource. You really should. I say it uh, often, I do believe. Um, I make it a, a point of emphasis to mention the website because everything from your pet portal to all kinds of current information, I mean, on the website, for example, is um, information about Dental Month at Newkirk, which we are in right now. And Dr. Newkirk, if you would, um, 
tell your listeners the difference between having these dental services done in the month of February versus waiting until March. Yeah, this could easily save you $200 or more. The the condition of some of these mouths is just so deplorable in, in many cases that we could be in there for an hour, an hour and a half, and you can imagine the, the uh, time and the labor and the you know, monitoring of these animals. You know, we use the same medications that are used in human anesthesia, for example, uh, classically propofol, uh, which is the number one human medication, and the um, isofluorine-type gases are inhaled anesthetics. You know, when they put that mask over your mouth and they say, take some deep breaths and off you go, well, you know, <laughs> you're using the same thing. And um, we don't get a discount just because it's a dog or a cat. You know, it's the same <laughs> prices charged for you and I. And then there's intravenous fluids and there's pulse ox monitors and monitoring the heart and, and monitoring the body temperature. This is a big deal. And people, I think, many times just say, well, I get my teeth clean. I just go and put on some headphones and off we go. And silly as it sounds, I say, well, you know, your dog is not going to lay back and open its mouth and listen to uh, some Beethoven (laughs) and hold still while we're uh, in there doing what we have to do. I mean, a dog, for example, would go bananas during something like that. It would be it would be humanly impossible. Uh, So you have to use the anesthesia. There's no other way, is there? Exactly. And and even people say, well, what about a sedative? Well, if you're going to be pulling a tooth, that hurts. And they're not going to hold still, especially if we have a large dog. The the canine, the, the large carnassial tooth in the back has three roots. So many times we actually have to uh, use a, a bone saw and drill that thing and cut it into three pieces. So this this can be a major thing. This is not, again, just, hey, go in for half an hour and have the hygienist clean your teeth. And then, of course, there's a recovery period. We need antibiotics. We need pain medicine. You know, so this can be a big deal. And um, uh, it, it has to be a true surgical procedure. Now I hear often, oh, non-anesthetic dental. Well, if your dog is really good and has very mild dental disease and will hold still while someone picks at their teeth, sure could that be done. But I can guarantee you that that person is not opening the mouth and getting on the insides of the back teeth. The dog's just not going to hold still and let you do that. So, um, you know, and the other thing is that, uh, and again, I try to tell people this is a source of infection for the entire body. And so this bacteria from this mouth and periodontal disease can get into the liver, into the kidney, into the valves of the heart. And so this is just, not just about having some nice breath and some pretty smile. This is about the entire health of the body. And it's, uh, it's, so yeah, it's a big deal. And, uh, it, yes, it normally it's, it's expensive. You just from, you know, listening to the, the procedure that we just outlaid there for you. The dogs are classic and cats are typically there for a good six hours or so. It depends how they recover from uh, anesthesia. And uh, of course we're using pain medication intraoperatively as well. And, you know, so this is this is a big deal. 
is probably the number one thing that we do actually every single week because of the rampant uh, com- commonality of of dental disease in dogs. And people say, well, you're still eating. Well, let's remember that their teeth are sharp. They're not flat, and they don't chew their teeth. And so, consequently, they don't get cavities like we do. So they don't have these cold and hot sensitivities and pain when they bite down. Uh, They're actually swallowing their food. And so the only way that these teeth get their sort of natural brushing, so to speak, would be if they are sinking their teeth into a bone or into a big chunk of meat. And, of course, most uh, people are feeding their dogs and cats this kibble-type food, which you know, does absolutely nothing. Right. But people say that, too. Well, he's on the hard food. Well, again, he's swallowing this. He's not really chewing it. Hey, Doc, does this speak to why dogs sometimes will chew the, a table leg or the corner by a step because it feels good and it's what they want to do? So if you give them... The nat- if you give them the bone to do that, maybe they won't chew the table. I mean, they shouldn't do that anyhow, but that's that's why they do that, isn't it? Well, typically, especially if this is a young puppy, they're just doing it to explore their world, and yes, they're cutting teeth, and yes, it feels good. Um, but the, the situation becomes is that once there's bad dental disease in there, now it's painful yeah. and they don't want to chew on things anymore. Yeah. So oftentimes uh, the reverse is a clue. Like, hey, he used to chew on these rawhide things and now he doesn't want them anymore. Or I see blood on the rawhide. I mean, these are all indications of that there's a problem. Let me ask you a question. Obviously, you're always there to do the reactive stuff if an abscess or a tooth needs to be extracted or there's periodontal disease and all these things because I often remark how Dr. Newkirk, he's like Dr. Chenman, he's like the orthopedic surgeon. I mean, he's the rehabilitation, you know, guy. I mean, it's pretty amazing that a veterinarian does what like would take 10 10 doctors to do with humans. It's, It's quite extraordinary. So rather than let it get to the point where you need all this elaborate stuff. Uh, what should you be doing all the while, preventative-wise? Yeah, this is a really good question. And we try to tell our owners, especially with new puppies, uh, we want them to get their finger, stick the finger in the mouth and pretend to be brushing the teeth, the same as we want them uh, sticking the finger in the ear, simulating ear cleaning or especially touching the nails, because dogs hate to have their nails stripped. That uh, a lot of it is just getting them used to it. No different from giving them a bath. You know, the first time they get in there, they might be scared to death. And after a while, they're very, oh, okay, this feels good. So we try to have them uh, simulate brushing. And the, the trick, one of the tricks really is, is you, you use one hand and you keep the mouth closed. Because if you leave the mouth open, they're just going to think you're playing and they're going to be trying to bite the toothbrush um, or your finger. So if you keep the mouth closed with one hand, then you slip your finger or the toothbrush in between the cheek and the gum, and you just do a mild little brushing action. Now, we do make toothpaste for dogs and cats, 
which are flavor, like chicken or beef or whatever. But the difference is, is this is not, again, about cavities. So fluoride is not going to help you. And, and dogs and cats are not really happy about the spearmint and the things that we like. So uh, these are enzyme-based toothpaste. And the enzymes there, again, help to break down the tartar and the plaque that is uh, growing on there. And the other thing that's really good is we do try to get them to uh, chewing on bones. Now, you know, a milk bone or something like this is gone in three seconds. You know, that's not going to be brushing the teeth at all. It's no. a wonderful advertising campaign, but it does nothing to help the teeth. <clears throat> so we do like rawhide. We do like greedy bones. And what I like most is real raw bones. And the reason for that is two. Number one, the raw bone is a food. And so if he's breaking off little pieces of that, it will digest. Your dog's digestive system is the same as the wolf and the fox out there. Uh, you know, the wolf and the fox is not sucking the meat off the bones and, you know, it's, it's eating the whole prey. Um, the second thing is, is there are enzymes in the bone that help to break up that tartar in the plaque. So, uh, I really like raw bones, uh, I'm primarily, say, a beef bone. Uh, if it's got gristle and tendon on it, that's great. They'll pull it through their teeth like dental floss. And because it is a food, many dogs will chew on this when they want to on raw hide, for example. And then you say, well, what about salmonella and E. coli? The dog's digestive is different from ours, and it just doesn't support it. You know, we see tons of dogs, unfortunately, eating out of dumpsters and roadkill. You know, they're not getting sick. It's just this mother nature takes care of them that way. So these are the things that are important to try to prevent disease from happening. And big chunks of raw meat. And now people say, oh, raw meat, good gosh, ooh, that's what, no, again, this is a carnivore, not to worry. And then I have people say, yeah, I do give him raw meat. His coat's great. His stools are great. But I cut it all up for him. And I'm saying, well, those teeth are sharper than the sharpest knife you have, number one. And number two, you're defeating the purpose. I want that tooth sort of squishing down into that uh, raw meat uh, so that it's sort of washing the tooth at the same time. Uh, a really good source are actually chicken necks. And turkey necks because it's very tough, tough tissue. Uh, it's cartilage. Those bones are very soft. It's fine if they're swallowing them. Now, the one caveat, because this always comes up, well, you know, I saw on the internet you get a greeny bone and it got stuck. <laughs> and so this, again, is this is a dog problem. It's not a greeny bone problem. So what I mean by that is, is if your dog is is chewing and swallows big chunks of stuff, then sure, a bone or a greeny bone could get stuck. So two things. Number one, if that's your dog, when it gets small enough, you got to take that away. That's your job. And number two, you, you give a bone that's much bigger than, let's just say they make a small bone for a small dog. Well, let's give the small dog a medium bone so he has to really chew and work on it, and that's the object is the more chewing, the better off it is. And then the, the medium bone is too big for him to swallow. 
It's good advice from Dr. Mark Newkirk. A reminder to make an appointment. It's a special month and an important month to make your appointment at Dr. Newkirk's Newkirk Family Veterinarians because it's uh, dental health month for your pets. And it, it is a great opportunity to receive a substantial discount. Call 609-645-2120. These are things you're going to need to do regardless. So it really does make sense to be as proactive as you can be about it. And then, Doc, if we talk about all the time how you need a baseline, you don't just want to see the pet when the pet's not feeling well. Because if you did blood work, you know, just like a human, certain things can be titers can be up and different things can be, you know, not where they would be if you were feeling better. So having the baseline when your pet is actually feeling well, I think is important. And at that time, all, all during the course of the life of your pet, you could be staying on top of these things where you, you could prevent some of this really expensive major stuff by just doing regular. It's, it's almost like your regular maintenance for your car. If you change the oil and you do the 20,000, the 40,000, 60, 80, 100,000 mile type checkups, you're not getting your, your, your face kicked in, you know, with some major breakdown, you know, or break your wallet repair. So the well visit where you could actually see how things are going, you could, you could nip something early that ultimately would become not only expensive, but also potentially painful for your dog or your cat. So why not do it proactively? Your comment on that uh, philosophy that I just said. Yeah, it's really important, like you said, to have some sort of baseline, and especially as our pets are aging. And we have many animals, especially with the advent of new medications, that are living longer and longer. But obviously, the sooner we pick up a problem, uh, the better. Um, your pet cannot go around and say, you know, gee, you know, I feel this pain in my kidney, or uh, gee, I feel this palpitation on my heart, or, you know, it's not going to tell you this. And especially with cats who hide their symptoms so, so well. And the other thing with cats is many people just leave fruit down all day long. And they're not going to notice whether the cat is eating well or not, uh, perhaps for several days when somebody finally dawns on somebody, hey, you know, we haven't filled this cat bowl in a while. The cats really, really hide their disease. And many times when they come in, they're really sick and people just don't notice. Yep. You know, hey, the cat's sleeping 20 hours a day. Well, that's what they do. Well, yeah, how about this skin and bones here, you know? So, yeah, having this blood work is, is really, really important. And, and we do pick up diseases, uh, thyroid disease. We pick up diabetes. We pick up Cushing's disease. Um, and classically in our dogs, we're picking up tick-borne diseases uh, very, very commonly, and Lyme disease and uh, what's called anaplasma or lichia. Uh, we probably pick up one of those every single week, and the majority of those animals are not symptomatic at all. And this could be in there causing damage to joints and to kidneys and other things. So. Yeah, really, really important. Um, we follow up February with March with our senior uh, senior blood work month, so uh, that's coming as well. And and we understand these things are expensive, but it's this sort of uh, pay me now or pay me later yeah. kind of a thing. Um, 
and this is again what I say about people with teeth. So they're afraid of anesthesia. So let's wait. Well, what are we waiting for? It's going to get worse. And let's say now your dog comes in with a huge dental abscess. It's sick. It's running a fever. It's not eating. Now I have to do anesthesia. Well, that's more dangerous than if we planned it when the dog was healthy and blood work was good. And so it's um, it, it really it's it's uh, to think about anesthesia again. You respect it. You don't fear it. So such good advice. Implementing a dental health care routine for your cat or dog. It's so very important. And I know that Dr. Newkirk recommends at least an annual veterinary appointment. It's the best way to maintain the uh, the overall situation. They're at 3085 English Creek Avenue, Egg Harbor Township, on the web at NewkirkFamilyVeterinarians.com. The phone number to make an appointment, 609-645-2120. Early in the morning, recommending that you take full advantage of dental focus month at Newkirk uh, for your pets and for your wallet, 609-645-2120. Dr. Newkirk, any closing comment that you would like to make? The time is yours. We're at the end. Yeah, following up on last week where we talked about Lisa and her GoFundMe for her cancer, I just want to say thank you to those listeners who got online and, and did donate for her. Um, we actually have some news. Her scans have shown that the tumors have shrunk even more. She's still got a long way to go. But those of you who who know Lisa and as a, just my right hand person for 20 years or so, she's she's only 40 years old and has this tumor in the brain and in the spine. And you can imagine the financial cost. And of course, she can't work. So if uh, we thank you for those who have donated, for those of you who didn't, maybe weren't weren't listening last week, um, you can just go to the Newkirk Family Veterinarians dot com page, click on our Facebook link, and then you can go right to our um, her GoFundMe page. Or if you go to GoFundMe, you just click on individual, then medical, and then it'll say medical bills for Lisa. Now the money goes directly to her. There's no middleman. There's every every cent goes to her to help her and her fiance and uh, to pay bills and deal with this terrible thing that's going on for her at age forty. She's the sweetest kind of soul and everybody loves her. I was at a dinner last night and people were saying it's you know, just talking about her and all the little things she did for all their animals uh it's if we made a list we'd be talking for another hour about all the things she does so mm. i want to thank everybody who donated and uh if you find it in your heart and you'd like to donate uh, again just go to our website newkirkfamilyveterinarians.com and click on our facebook page it'll take you right there to the link and um we've raised over nine thousand dollars so far so we're really really happy about this and it's so easy to navigate to if you're driving and you forget all that. If you get on to GoFundMe and you won't forget that, there's a tab right there that has near me. Click on the near me tab and boom, it's right there. Uh, you'll see Lisa's name and it'll jump out at you and you'll see about Newkirk in there and the whole statement, narrative statement. Uh, and people have been stepping up. Doc, always a pleasure to uh, present you and I look forward to two weeks from today when you and I reconvene. 
Excellent. Everyone have a great day out there. You know it, Doc. And we'll be promoting this uh, in between your appearances. And also, it'll still be dental month when we visit in two weeks. Dr. Newkirk, thank you. Have a great day. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now your turn to play. It's our first open forum of the morning. It's been a very busy morning. Busy news day. 609-407-1450. I hope you'll call me right now. Wide open forum begins when we return in just a little bit. It's the Hurley in the Morning program because of you. A small part of WPG Talk Radio 95.5, which is because of you, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. Also, please check out the digital platform of WPG Talk Radio 95.5 on the app. Uh, we have an exclusive. Uh, a parent by name has stepped up and said that basically she just could not let them get away with this. Uh, John Devlin also shares his thoughts, his concerns about the lack of security. And we have a very important article on the February 2nd riot conditions at Atlantic City High School and direct commentary from a mom who has stated that her daughter was attacked at this particular uh, contest. Check it out on the app. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. Hi, everyone. Brian Kilmeade here. And coming up on Tuesday's edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show, Kellyanne Conway in studio. She'll bring us inside the 2024 like nobody else can. Plus, Colonel Alan West brings us inside the deteriorating southern border. All coming up on the next edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. 46 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. Back to your calls in just 60 seconds. This portion of our program is also brought to us by Perfect Basement. And we've been seeing it. You've been seeing it, the damage that storms can cause if rain leads to water in your basement or crawl space. I'm urging you to call my friends at Perfect Basement. It's a completely free, no-pressure inspection. They're going to look for waterproofing, mold remediation that may be required, foundation repair if something has gotten completely you know, out of hand. And to that extent, Perfect Basement is family-owned, based here in South Jersey, licensed and certified and accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Ask about discounts. And their special services for realtors as well. Visit perfectbasement.com. That's perfectbasement.com. Tell Brian and his wonderful team, they're really great to work with, that I sent you early in the morning. And you'll see different things that we have up uh, on the website. Um, That content is right there that you can see uh, different things about Perfect Basement. They do a really good job. Bob, you are on deck. Ginny beat you. She goes first. Jenny, I'm early in the morning. Welcome to the program. Are you open for him now? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. I don't I don't want you or anyone else to think that I'm a member of the Tinfoil Hat Club, but I got a horrible thought yesterday, Harry. Okay. First of all, our country has to save face with this buffoon that's in the White House, this total loser buffoon and that's every day that's that's a heavy lift that's every single day of the week that doesn't take a vacation no 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 i mean 
Do you think this would have happened with this balloon if Trump were still in office? Well, that's why they have to lie and say that it happened three or four times because it didn't happen once. No, the short answer to that is how about two words? Hell no. Exactly. Exactly. Here's what I want to say. I'm more, and I know you. I know you like personally, uh, Phil Murphy. Yes. Here's what scares me about these windmills. Yeah. I thought of something else with the balloon. Most of the windmills components are made in China. Yes. And I'm concerned about transmitters and this, that, and the other that could be in the. Well, uh, hey, look, windmills. that's not tinfoil uh, society. I mean, anything's possible. Uh, every solar panel just about is made in China. Any, anything they want to do relative to, I mean, look, they're, they're spying like crazy on us. It's not just these, um, these balloons that now they've admitted there was one four months ago. They didn't tell us about that. They weren't going to tell us about this one. And I don't believe there were three or four in the prior administration because even people that hate Trump said that's just not true. So this is their way of getting out of anything and everything. They say the other guy did it. Or if it's so obvious that the timeline can't support because somebody's gone, you can't say Trump's responsible for the balloon, uh, the spy balloon from, you know, from China because he's been gone from office for two more. Well, yeah, a little more than two years, I guess, uh, two years and a couple of weeks. So you can't blame him for it. So then you have to then deflect to Oh, it happened the previous administration three, four times. But there's no evidence. There's no record. Uh, the DNI, Director of National Intelligence, Ratcliffe says, no way, no how. He would have known if it ever happened once. It didn't happen. John Bolton, who, who viscerally hates Trump, said it never happened. And I could name 10 other people, including Trump. So their way out is that kind of like it's like documents. Everybody does it. It's like Hunter Biden smoking crack. Everybody does it. You know, the crack, the crack boys next to the uh, classified documents. But let's not talk about that. So that's their game. And I can't even say they're good at it. They're terrible at it. They get caught every time. But that's the hand that they play. Yes. Is that your alarm? Uh, Is that your alarm with a very pleasant sound? Yes. (laughs) Very nice. It's very docile. I like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I've just proven I listen. You do. You do. do. I'm I'm dangerous. Yeah. um, You're not dangerous. You're just brilliant. Oh, thank you. Anyway. Thank you. You're brilliant. You're an excellent writer, and you get right to the point when you write. What I want to say is look how close these windmills are going to be to NAFAC and the FAA here. I mean, this is just, I I, I don't. Well, let me, Ginny, let me tell you this one. And I didn't realize this. You know, I I like the alternative energy. I mean, I've been a uh, consumer of solar for about a decade. I'm a fan, but I'm a fan when it's something you want, not something that everyone's being pushed to. Because our grid, we can't handle all this electric cars and all this stuff. But something that was stunning to me, and I didn't know this until Congressman Van Drew uh, gave me a briefing basically on it. How many people out there listening right now? See, and Jenny, you're one of the most plugged in people that I know. Let's see if you know this. Do you know that each of those offshore windmills are the height of the Empire State Building? Did you know that? No, I didn't know they were that tall. No. I, I, I mean, that, that was breathtaking to me. I said, you've got to be kidding me. 
And there's going to be how many of these? All I know well, is this. 90, 99 and then 111 yeah. more. Yeah, whales are dying, but we're told it's just boats. But I've never seen this many in this area. Now, it's true there are more whales than there ever were. I mean, not everything, you know, is is provable like this. I mean, I guess a boat could have hit nine different whales in, in a short, you know, area of territory. It doesn't seem likely to me. So then I always look at, well, then what else could it be? What else, what's different that wasn't there before? And that's where you, you, you sort of speculate and say, well, maybe it's these explosions and the mapping that's flipping them out, freaking them out, and and they everything they do is by sound, and it's just messing them up. I mean, I don't know, but it's it's at least reasonable to to wonder what's happening there. Uh, I'm just not a fan of a lot of this stuff that's going on right now, where we're not ready for it all. This this should have been much more incremental. I mean, we have enough petroleum for 200 years, enough natural gas for about the same. There's things we know now like shale and drilling sideways that we never knew before. So there's even more than we we knew. Uh, So there's no rush. I mean, if we got to the point where you you could do it with this alternative type of um, technology. But let's not forget there's strip mining to get these elements that they need to make this stuff. It's it's really dirty energy that's being made. I, I saw a graph once. Not a graph. It was a. Um, it was like a um, a diagram of all the dirty stuff that has to be done to create this beautiful clean energy. It's ridiculous. I know. There's always, always. It's it's just like in medicine with medications. There's always a side effect, isn't there? There you go, Jenny. I've got to get the last break in. Loved your call. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for the kind words, Bob. You will be up next. In just a few minutes, don't go away. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Healthy Life. WPGG Atlantic City. WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. To you, my love, my heart, I surrender just as soon as I deal with yonder fender bender. Because my ice cream truck is the way I make cash, so I'll buy you a ring when I lose this dress rash. Owning a small business isn't always as lovely as it sounds, but at least Progressive Commercial saves you money with personalized discounts. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. I'm going to make you so happy. Sometime next year, I hope. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage and discounts not available for all vehicles or states. Policy terms and conditions apply. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's heroes have made for us. Heroes like U.S. Air Force Senior Master Sergeant Israel Del Turo Jr. When his Humvee exploded in Afghanistan, more than 80% of his body was burned. Del Turo received a mortgage-free smart home from Tunnel to Towers to help him live his life more independently. Help heroes like Del Turo. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. That is indeed true, and you've done that again and again and again, and we thank you. Bob, welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. Hey, Harry. Uh, look, I want to comment a little bit about the Eagles, but <clears throat> Jenny, the previous caller, and you talked about the, the windmills off Atlantic City. Yes. And look, Harry, the, the impact that these are going to have on our fishing industry and on birding. Now, birding is one of the huge, huge components of 
of our tourist industry any off season in Cape May County. You know, the we're part of the the largest fly zone in the country for migrating birds. And I can tell you, uh, if if we lose that with these massive windmills that are going to kill thousands. Well, uh, Bob, go look at the wind farms in California and see what's at the bottom of of these uh, behemoths. I mean, you have so many dead birds. Here's the irony here. And and I I don't do this. It's not a parochial type, you know, cheap shot. Where are the priorities? I mean, in every way, you would think that the left would be so against this kind of stuff. I mean, we use the example of a tree frog. If you find a tree frog on a on a development, they stop the project in its tracks. It's over. Good night, Irene. But they don't care here, it seems, because I guess it's like a cult. It's like a religion. They are all in on this alternative energy no matter what happens. Exactly. You know, Harry, it, it, the left does this often. Ideology theory trumps practical reality. There you go. Okay. And, and, and look, green energy. Uh, otherwise known as cognitive dissonance. Correct. Correct. And, and you know, it, it fine. When, when the technology becomes perfected, when it becomes efficient, yeah, it is a wonderful thing. But not right now. Right now, it's a war on the middle class. What happened to the Beasley's point? Power station is is just a, a you know it's a war on our middle class. It's true that plant was going to was going to supply electricity in a very economical way for Atlantic and Cape May counties. It was going to be clean. It was going to be natural gas, and the uh, the wacko environmentalists killed the pipeline that was going to power that plant. Now we're probably going to play, pay two to three times as much for our electric power in Cape May County. So, you know, again, who voted for this? It was shoved down our throats. <laughs> you know, the Democrats in Trenton shoved it down our throats. And when are people going to wise up? When are they going to open their eyes and realize, as you said, it's cognitive dissidence. You're voting for people that are taking money out of your wallet. That's what you're doing. So, but anyway, let's let's go on get on to a happier subject. Uh, heard a report from from Ross Tucker, who's a NFL analyst, former offensive lineman. And he went to media night last night, and the good news is the Chiefs were real jovial. Andy Reid was talking about food. Mahomes was playing around a lot. Nick Sirianni was more serious. Jalen Hurts was more serious. The Eagles were more serious. Now, what I tie this to, the 2005 Super Bowl, which was a disaster, you know what the Eagles were doing prior to that you know, that Super Bowl week prior to the game. Well, they were partying in Jacksonville. McNabb was having a good time. And, you know, what Tom Brady was doing, he was studying game film. So, you know, we'll see what happens Sunday, but I think that's really good news. Oh, without a doubt. Let me give you some more good news. And I'm telling you, there's just too much good news for the Eagles, which makes me think unhappy thoughts, which I'll leave um, unspoken. But... The Madden game simulated Super Bowl 57, Eagles won. The, I just found out about this. I didn't even know this existed. Chuck Malama told me this uh, during his time 
uh, in the eight o'clock hour. It was off air. We didn't. It wasn't something we brought up on air. We just didn't have time. It wasn't like we were avoiding it. Um, but during his finance, you know, show, we just don't have a lot of time to talk about this kind of thing. But he brought up that the NFL actually does a simulation. I never knew that before. Uh, and the Eagles won. I think it, I know it was by three. I think it was thirty to twenty-seven in the NFL simulation. So this much I know, the Eagles are the better team, and I, I would take Jalen Hurts over Mahomes. I know there are probably many listening that think that's crazy, but I would. Uh, I think they're going to win, but I start getting a little concerned when everything seems to be lining up. They're the team that's least injured. Uh, they're supposedly the best defense in football. They're the you know uh, best at this, the best at that, great wide receivers, great secondary great offensive line, great defensive line. So all this starts adding up and it scares me. I, I much, I think I'd much rather be Super Bowl 52 when you expected most people that New England would win and then the Eagles shocked the world. A lot of times this doesn't go the way you want when so much seems to be lining up, but I'm not going to put the horns on them. I think they're going to do it. You know, yeah, I, I like our chances. Uh, Super Bowl 52 was probably the most exciting game I'll ever experience. And, uh, but it, it took a miraculous game from Nick Foles for that team to win. I mean, you know, that, that defense was not even close to the defense we have now. Not, our defense back in 17 got torched. Yep. Uh, you know, the, I, I just don't see, well, I don't see that happening. Not, well, not this defense. the music is playing no us way. off the stage. I, I like our chances. I'm sticking with the Eagles. I believe they're going to win. If they play like they've been playing the last two rounds of the playoffs, there's not a team in the league that can beat them. You know, what people shouldn't leave the NFC Championship game with is that San Francisco is not a good team. They're a great team. The Eagles are just a better team. A lot went wrong for San Francisco that day, too. Of course, quarterback goes out on the first offensive series, and it just a lot you know, went against them, but they're a great team. Uh, and But so are the Eagles. I like the Eagles' chances. They are the better team. Let's hope the better team wins. And Bob will reconvene uh, before uh, the end of the week, I'm sure. Have a great day. Brian Kilmeade is here. Hey, how about this? Check me out at WPGTalkRadio.com or the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app because we really do put out a lot of important content.